hoping that while we were waiting for that noise to all settle, we'd get the fog on again. <laughs> the cruise ship that is apparently outside your house for some reason. Yeah, but, I mean, I live, you know, next to a river. A <laughs> river? So that's why you get cruise ships on a river. <laughs> yeah, we live next to the docks, don't we? So. Yes, yeah, it's the idea of someone just want to cruise the river. And the... Oh, there it is. I can hear it in the background now. Oh, no, that's a plane drive, like, flying past. Where do you live? <laughs> well, we are, like, three stories up, and we can hear planes and boats. Occasionally jets as well. Oh, fuck's sake. Sometimes, like, jets from the RAF just fly past, and you can hear them training. Just, oh, I'm surprised you get tractors and shit as well. <laughs> just every form of transport apparently goes past your house at once. Yeah, it does. But, hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode 20. I believe that's right. Oh, fuck, I'm so good. I'm so good. And I'm actually here physically with my good friend, Lucas. Say hello, we Lucas. Uh, I mean, bonjour. Bonjour, that's a good one. I did one. not prepare myself. You didn't, and I knew that, so I took advantage yeah. immediately. And because I'm here with Lucas, that means I can finally do what I always do when I come to Lucas' house and steal his cider. I mean, it's true. Last time I saw you when it came to yours, you stole all my sparkling water. Yeah, I did. And now you're stealing all my cider. Yep. Hey, come on. We're, we're all in this together, so I'm going to open up one of your ciders now. Ugh! The question of what we're drinking has been answered immediately with your Mickey Mouse bottle opener. God, yeah. Is it an official one? Yeah, it's from Disney. Because Disney's all about like, you know family friendly and you're not allowed to buy alcohol well, in Disney. this is from French Disney. You've said that, yes. <laughs> French Disney do not give a single whiff of a fuck. They're just like, you know what? Get bladded. Go for it. Remember you telling me that? I was like, why do you want to go to Disneyland Paris instead of regular Disneyland? It's because you can drink wine in Disneyland Paris. And get <laughs> like that. you go into McDonald's and they serve beer with your meal. I had that though when I was in Italy, I believe it was. Yeah. I got a Happy Meal and I ordered a beer moretti with it. Yeah. So I got a, a Happy Meal with a, a child's beer. meal. A child's a meal with a beer. And I got a toy that I believe is in the office, but I'm not sure exactly where. I just know I got a toy with my Happy Meal and a beer. What was the toy? I don't know, it was some shit. Oh, okay. It wasn't like Luigi or something. No, like it was one, a toy for a film that was out Because fun fact, the only time I bought a Happy Meal in adulthood was when the Mario, the Mario ones. ones were out and I got a Luigi. I got one just to see if we get a beer with it. Because I saw their beer oh, yeah, on the yeah. menu and I just wanted something quick. So I wanted, I just wanted like a cheeseburger with some fries and I don't really want to buy like a full Big Mac or something. Yeah. Oh, I'll get a Happy Meal, it's two, it's two euro. And it's like, oh, you can order it with beer. For an extra 50 cents, I'm paying 50 cents for a fucking beer with my Happy Meal. <laughs> this is definitely, this is the happiest Happy Meal in the yeah. world right now. Give me a shot of tequila to go on the side, we're ready. Has the price of a Happy Meal gone up yet? It's, I don't know, I've not ordered one in a while. Because like, for years, no matter what the inflation it's price of quick. like, um, all the adult meals, yeah, it stayed at £2, but I'm not sure whether it has still. We can double check. You know what, should we have a little look? But it reminds me a lot, while you're doing that, of Costco, which you've been to, haven't you? Oh, yeah. In the United States, Costco have this deal. It's a hot dog and a large soda. And I believe for about 30, 40 years, that deal has been $1.50 or some oh, wow, yeah. phenomenally low amount of money. And it was it stayed at that level for many, many years until one day the people who made the hot dogs realised our largest supplier is Costco and we provide every hot dog they make. <laughs> we have this, and this is one of the most famous things. They, they are famous for this deal in America. Yeah, People go yeah. in to get this meal. Like they mm-hmm. do like a $4 rotisserie chicken as well, which is... Yeah, funny. like I, I've been in there for like a pizza, which is like an 18-inch pizza for like eight quid. Yeah, they're something. famous for those sort of Yeah, yeah. They, they know that. So what they do is they try to... Set, they've kept that cost as long as they can. Yeah. And, the story goes that the company who sold the hot dogs basically came to the head of Costco and said, we're raising the wholesale price of our hot dogs. 
You, you, you've only bought our hot dogs for like 20, 30 years. This is the hot dog that everyone expects. Yeah. If yeah. you change it, people will complain. You won't be able to get as cheap a price as we're offering, even with the raised price. Mm. And the head of the company took one look at them and said, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. And he bought the company that made the hot dogs. <laughs> and so to keep the cost as low as possible yeah. and made them say now. bought the company. They exclusively supply Costco with its hot dogs. Oh, that's amazing. And the CEO, because Costco is in a really good job, especially in the United States. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Where their the minimum wage is always like a big issue and they're trying to raise it. Costco yeah, has yeah. consistently over the years paid a live, not a minimum wage, a living wage. Yes. And there was a story that came out during the recession, I believe it was, where an investor stood up during a meeting and like, we need to cut costs. We're all losing money. What are you going to do? You need to fire staff all over wages. And I believe the CEO said something to the tune of, um, sometimes um, you got like shit with sugar. All oh, right. And yeah. told them to shut, like sit down. I'm not firing anyone. Happy staff are good staff. He's basically yeah. the, the guy from Richie Rich. Yeah, yeah. Like, if we're going to trim like, the fat, let's start right because here. Because as soon as you start like, trimming the fat in terms of people's like wages and jobs then Costco is going to suffer because a lack of good staff because it is well it is one of the reasons it's so popular and it's weathered all these storms it's like gone through recession and still made a profit is because it's reputation for phenomenal customer service yeah yeah and those the reason it's provided is because they're very well compensated mm-hmm. and there's a lot of upward mobility in the company well that one of oh we're going to try and jack the price up of these hot dogs. They bought the fucking company. Yeah. Like, no, you're not. We own the company now. Now you supply us exclusively. <laughs> and we can keep the price as low as possible. Well, it's like a, when you're talking about good customer service, went to a, buy these like little squishy cushions that we've got from Costco. Oh, yeah, you mentioned these in a previous one. And I did. I, called Squishmallows, and they're so comfy. And um, the guy that I bought them at, like the till that I was being served on, he just gave me like the weirdest look when I just walked in and buy, bought only two of these like <laughs> cute fluffy things. But then he gave me like a glaring look and I was like, oh no, he's judging me. And then he just squished one and was like, oh, these are so soft. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. Oh, but I believe it's Costco as well. Or maybe it's another store in America, another big chain in America where they have, they will open anything on the shelf for you to try. Oh, really? It might not be Costco, but I know there's an American company out there that has this policy of if you want to try something, no matter what it is, just we'll just open it and you can try it. The equivalent of when a bar's like you can taste any drink you want yes. for a little, like a little bit for free, and as long as you don't take, as long as you don't take the piss, like, you, try you don't want to taste like every single liquor on the menu. So I've tried that in bars before, and I don't often do it because I don't really care about the taste of alcohol. Yeah, yeah. But I do remember going into like a nice. Like one of those gastro pubs where mm. you, you had like the beardy man with the, the tattoos and the rolled up sleeves. Yeah. Like, and he was, you could tell this man lived beer. Beer was this man's life. And then, oh, I'd okay, get a beer, please. And he goes, What would you like? It was very overwhelming. I don't yeah, recognize yeah. a single label. Yeah. Goes, How about I pick a beer that you'll like? I, I don't really like beer, mate. And he, and he did this entire taste test. He ran me through. Went, oh, I'm going to pour you four. Oh, I yeah, pride yeah. myself on doing this. Try this one, try this one, try this one, try this one. Mm, that's nice, it's nice. I, I can taste it. You know. So which one do you want? Which one's cheapest? You know, all this one? I'll have that one then. <laughs> and you can just see his eyes. Like the soul just drain away from his body. After all, he thought that he was getting someone who's like, oh no, he's a, a new beer drinker. He's appreciated. No, I, was, I don't know what to order because I don't know what's the cheapest thing on the menu. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, I I don't mind doing stuff like that. Like, it, it's always one member of the party is not ready for that moment. Like I, I've said to a bartender before, like, um, 
he was just like, I only asked where he was. I was like, in my barbers, and it was like an expensive, fancy barbers. And they were like, oh, while you wait, we'll make you like a cocktail. I was like, yeah, I've been. I, like I don't know like what to have, so just make me something that you like. And then that moment of him just go, oh no, but what do you want? And I was like, oh, whatever. And he's like, but uh, you need to tell me a drink, like please. And I was like, oh well, like rum, so something with rum. And he's like, oh, name a cocktail. And I just, I don't I, like my mind was just blank. I went in for a haircut, not for a drink. Exactly. I, yeah. I didn't have like, a list of cocktails ready. But then, like, yeah, there's always one of the two people not ready for that moment. Just to be, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I want, and then some people will jump at that chance like that guy. And the reason I didn't know what I want is like, there was no menu. Yeah, because I was looking. This is kind of a nice bar. And I hate when bars don't have, at the very least, just put, even if you, like some bars, I don't want to do it because it's embarrassing. It's like, this is what a dirty pub in a, like, you know, a small town would do. They don't oh, have yeah. like the chalkboard with the price list on it. If you don't want to do that, just put up a piece of paper somewhere. Just so I know what's on special tonight. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm always going to ask. Or have like, you know, a list somewhere of your guest ales, whatever, just something like that, just... Give me an indication without talking to the bartender of what drinks are available. Oh, and he loved it, but then he could see immediately, he's like, I fucking hate this guy. I was, yeah. the, I was the kind of customer he dreaded um, dealing with. Because obviously, like, in that person's eyes, we've all had that thought of, like, owning, like, you know, a bar or a shop or something in the hopes of, like, people with exact interests of you yeah. coming in and you having that moment of, like, sparked conversation. Shared passion. Yeah, shared passion between, like, all these craft beers and, like, being able to have a community around it, but then you just get like knobheads like you come in going, uh, give me a cheap beer, mate. It's, it's simply because my sense of taste is so bad. Oh no, like, don't get me wrong, that is a fine way to live. Yeah. But like, obviously, as you said, it's not the person he's expecting yeah. at his bar. I just went in because it was a nice bar, that's where a mate wanted to meet me. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of customers from hell, like my trip here was somewhat eventful. Cause I got a train here from Sheffield. Yeah, yeah so like a couple to, of hours on train, yeah. Through to Liverpool. I got like a 22, I think like nine trains from that. So fairly Earlier than I expected. Earlier than you expected, but it's the train where I got on and as soon as I'm walking down the aisle to sit down, people got laptops out. People mm. got pen, pen packs. Like, okay, these are people who are going to work. This is the commuter train. And the train was packed, but I did manage to get myself a seat. Because as I was like shuffling down the aisle, I saw... Two seats in front of me. So the way British trains work, Americans, they, they work differently. We don't have man spreading. is not really an issue over here. Because trains are more like planes in the way they're set out. It's just rows of seats. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like rows of assigned seat numbers and yeah. seats. Yeah. And we don't really have like the whole bench thing where someone can do it. But we do have bags. Yeah. People putting bags on their seats. And that's what I encountered. I encountered two people with two bags on their seats. And one was a guy with a huge backpack, which he was hugging. For some reason, and the other one was a, a woman just like on a notepad. Yeah, and it was yeah. her purse. So I thought I'll sit with her purse. It's the purse easy moving a big backpack. So I just want to sit here, sit down, shuffle down, do that. She ended up being a solicitor, just on the way to a meeting with a client. Oh, right, okay. So we made polite conversation for a few like, moments, and then after I went to my music, she went back to her work. Uh, this guy, though, as the train started to fill up, you could tell it's like I'm not fucking. He's not moving. He's not oh, moving wow. that bag, even as every seat around him filled up. Yeah. And this lady, who I'm just going to say, was like wearing what I would describe as a lesbian power suit. Oh, right. Okay. Which is just like, she would look like the most no-nonsense businesswoman I have fucking yeah, seen. Yeah. Strolls down the train, just looks and just goes to the, the guy. Um, can, can, you, can you move your bag, please? And the guy just looks and goes, ah, um, yeah, no. Talk, like, basically trying yeah, to yeah. get to move on. She looks around, there's no other seats. And, goes, 
are you, are you going to move that bag, young man? He goes, oh, I'm getting off at the next stop. It's, it's not really a big deal, is it? Something. And she goes, uh, well, actually, uh, you're in my seat. Yeah. So, yeah. So obviously, she'd be nice, and then she, she pulled out her reservation. Went, you're in my seat, so can you move, please? And the guy like, stands up and shuffles about, and she sits down in his seat. And he goes to put his bag down on the seat and then sit down with it. He goes, oh, actually, no, that's also my seat. <laughs> and no word of a fucking, like, pulls out a second reservation oh. and says, I've rever- re- reserved that seat as well. And it turns out at the next stop, her friend got on. So oh, she was okay, yeah, yeah. And she just sat and looked at the guy and stared him right in the fucking eye and just put her purse down and went to her work. And the guy shuffled down the train and went to like the holding pen at the end. Where yeah, he went, where, yeah he, where you get on and off. Where he slinked off at the next stop and her friend got on. You know what? I was that so, is a life lesson for that man. I was so... because She was very clearly, I will sit here. If he moves his bag, he's sitting there. We can sort it out and we get to the next stop. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he was trying to do the thing of pretending not to hear her or yeah. pretending she wasn't there. It's like... Mate, you're very clearly trying to do this on purpose. You don't want oh, to yeah. sit next to someone. Because, like, obviously, like, you know, it's especially with British culture, people are very awkward a lot of the time. Like, you you might not necessarily want to sit for hours next to a stranger, but you're all in the same fucking boat. You've yeah. just got to get on with it. And the unspoken rule is you can put a bag next to you on the train um, if it's up to about half full. After it's about half full... Then it starts. To, like, yeah, you, then do, you, you, can, you move your bag so that people aren't standing up instead of getting a seat. Yeah, and then if the train gets full and people are standing up, there's someone next to you. So, like when I was there on halfway there, um, an older lady came on, and the, it was a standing room only. So I stood up and let her sit down. And then the next stop, she got off anyway. So I got my chair back. And I did see someone, like a hoity toity woman, eyeing up my seat as mm. I stood up to let the really old lady on it. And as she stood up, went, oh, thank you, young man, for the seat. It's much appreciated. I saw her try and swoop in and take the seat. Oh, so what I did is I just reached across and put my arm and then leaned down and grabbed the old woman's purse and went, oh, no worry, love. You have a nice day. And <laughs> as she moved around, I did the slink yeah. where I slid into her place and sat down. And the woman who was like, trying to like, obviously get in there ahead of me just turned around like, <laughs> proper all huffy-like. Yeah. Nothing will beat, though, when I was on a train. The best, have you heard the story? The best one I've ever seen is the Bagman. I don't think so. So, this was a very, very busy terrain like it was today. And and each stop we got on, it got progressively more busy until there were literally no seats. There was this guy, and this being Britain, no one went up to ask him to move his checks. You expect the social obligation is there, Mm -hmm. and everybody on the train is staring at him. With his massive fucking bag sacks. He's in one of the aisle seats, one of the reserve, Uh, or one of the wheelchair seats. Yeah, yeah, the um, so like to, priority seating. Yeah. So to describe these from it, it's like little fold-down seats that you have on an airplane for a stewardess or something, and they have like five in a row. And this guy was taking up two or three of them. Yeah, yeah. With sat down and his bag across it, and everyone's staring at him, but no one's saying anything. And then it was the conductor. This, like, this conductor, like, absolutely never seen anyone exude more confidence than this man. Strode out, obviously beaming, just mm-hmm. energy, and it's like this bundle of just energy and positivity. And he's like, he's going down the aisle, he's keeping everybody, he's, he's jo- laughing and joking with everybody. He's like saying hello to children, like, you know, he's ruffling people's hair and that sort of thing. He's like having like, you know, a natter with the guys who are on, to, on the way to a football match. Checks my ticket and then he turns and he spots the guy. Mm. And you can see the twinkle in the conductor's eyes. He notices yeah. this dickhead taking up he's two like, or three oh, seats. time to vent a little bit on a no, 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 not vent. And he went on, oh, he strode over to this guy and he said, oh, can I see you? Can I see your ticket, please, sir? Guy you know, very gruffly pulls his ticket out, hands it to the guy, and he's checks in. He goes, Oh, you're traveling away, interesting. Makes uh, a small talk. And then hands him his ticket back, and I'll never forget it. He turns to the guy's bag, 
goes right down on his knees, rubs them, and just goes, and who's this little guy then? And just starts rubbing it on their head. Because you must be very special if you're allowed to ride on the train today. And then turn right to the guy who was so embarrassed because everyone on the train is looking at him that he yeah. picked it up in a huff and then like just put it under his seat. Oh and like, my two God. people sat down, but it's just, oh, I've never seen... Just, <laughs> because you know that conductor was just thinking of ways to piss off those kind of people. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and who's this little guy then? You're very special to the train today. And everybody turned around. Oh, God. It was, fun. It was fantastic. See, I had like kind of an opposite experience that once. So I was on a on the bus instead. And peasant wagon, got it. Yeah, on the peasant wagon. Um and I was sitting like at the front where like again the like priority seating bit is, because there was no other seats. And there was no one that needed the priority seating at the time. Um somebody gets on and is along on like a crutch. So clearly needs some sort of support walking. Yeah. Um so I say to them like, Oh, do you want this seat? They go, Oh no, like that it hurt getting up and down, I'll just stand. So I was like, okay, you know, I've, I've done my deed. You've offered. I've offered. Um, then, like, the next stop, this, like, uh, middle-aged man comes down the stairs, sees me sitting in the priority seats yeah. with my headphones on, and just walks right up to my face and starts bollocking me for not letting, for not letting the person sit down. And they just poked him on the shoulder and went, he actually offered. I said, I'd stand. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh... Oh, but he probably he probably had such a fucking chub on when he saw yeah. that. I get to yell at some dickhead smarmy teenager yeah, because he's exactly. better than his elders. And it turns out you've been perfectly polite, and the guy had been like, he'd explain, you know, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Oh, it's so good. And he was just like, oh, and just went silent and just walked off the bus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that wasn't just, even his stop. No, he was just that embarrassed. Like, he had nope, to leave. I'm done. I had something not similar, but in a situation that was so embarrassing when I was. Um, at the Fringe, which is on right now, actually. It's oddly enough. Um, oh, yeah, that's the uh, Edinburgh Comedy yeah, Festival, right? a couple of years ago, and I was performing with uh, the improv troupe I used to be a part of. And obviously, you're there. Everyone's there for a good time. Everyone's on. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the Comedy hostel. Comedy Festival, you'd hope so. Go downstairs. Um, we're not performing tomorrow, so we've got like a day, basically a day mm. free tomorrow, so we can go out and drink. Sat in the main room of the hostel, bottle of vodka, all having drinks, having drinks. Then we chat to this group of lads. And I remember it distinctly because he was obsessed with the band Alexis on Fire. Is that you saying? I've, I've heard, yeah, I think... Because he got he had the tattoo on his arm, because apparently if you have a tattoo of that band name on your on your person, and you show it at the door, there's a standing rule where you get into their concerts for free. And all, oh, he, right, all right. he talked about was this band. And I said, oh, Alex is on fire. You don't call it that. You call it that in front of a fan. You might, have, you might start a fight. Luckily, I'm a nice guy, so I wouldn't do that. See, so, cool. Awesome, mate. Sounds, yeah. sounds great. And he ended up being part of the group we were chatting to. Yeah, yeah. So he ended up coming on the night out and he was one of those people that is a weekend baller, I described him as. Okay. Where he was trying to show off. Like every oh, right, time yeah, we went yeah. to the bar, because everyone want a drink and we're like, no, we're fine, we're fine. Oh, you want a drink, you want a drink, Jager bombs, shots, anything like that. Come on, we're all we can fucking afford it. And he was that guy. Yeah. Aggressively friendly, I suppose. But in a way where it's uncomfortable way, oh, are you doing a shot? No, I'm alright, thanks. You know, you're doing a shot. Yeah, yeah. You're like, at the fringe doing I'm a shot. I'm to force you to drink. Yeah. You're at the fringe doing a shot. Don't be a pussy. Yeah, yeah. So he's being nice, I guess, but also in a way but also where really not. That's in a way that's really off-putting. Yeah. I remember he's one of his mates went to the bar and came out with a drink and handed it to him, and they went to put the drink in his hand, and they dropped like they let go, and he went to close his hand, and the drink fell and landed oh. right on the floor, 
in the like, in the middle of the nightclub. Anyway, it's only half eleven, so we're going to be out for like another three four hours at this point. Yeah, smashes on the floor. He looks down, looks up, sees every single one of us is laughing at him. Leaves. Really? Did, didn't see him again for the rest of the week. Well, we bumped oh, wow. into his mates and asked where he went. He said, oh, he went to a different hostel. What? Yeah, he went to a different hostel because obviously the embarrassment of like dropping a drink. Yeah. Wow, that's. I mean, just shrug it off. Just yeah. laugh it off. Mate. We all, that's, what, that's what everyone would do. But yeah, he went. He got so embarrassed. They did it. But I just remember that he was super oh, in, obsessed with that band Alexis on Fire. Um, I've heard it's pronounced Alex is on fire. I don't know what it is. Yeah. That's the, it's one or the other. No, yeah, I, I was joking. But I yeah, don't know. What it is. I've heard of the or like seen it written down, but obviously like I don't know anyone that's a fan. Yeah. So like, it's like you meet at six, you meet six. Yeah, one yeah. of those bands. Or um, I think one for me is Ronda Rousey or Ronda Rousey. I don't know how you pronounce it because every uh, a friend of mine is into MMA, and every time I pronounce it one way, he'd correct me and say it's the other way. Oh, you yeah. get really annoyed about it in a joking way but you get it's like no it's Rousey how do you get it wrong every time and the next time I'd see him I was like oh, it's Rousey it's Rousey Carl how do you get this wrong yeah. every time so now I don't know what it is <laughs> and he laughs every time I say it it's like Rousey he goes yeah that's right are you sure I think so it's like oh <laughs> cock how it's can like you do that this that moment him? though of like if it's one of those things you don't say very often you'll remember that you pronounced it wrong then you can't remember which way was yes. wrong and which way was right. And every time... And then you try to overcorrect yourself and then it fucks up. And, and yeah. that's what you do every time I pronounce it, you said, and obviously in my head, I went, well, I must have got it wrong. Yeah. Because I remember saying it this time, but maybe I remember saying it wrong and that's yeah. why I was corrected. Maybe last time I said it was Rousey, but actually they corrected me that time. Yes. And then it obviously over the course of months, it got to the point where I forgot. Yeah. And now I can't pronounce it. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> just been... I always thought it was Rousey, but I could just be one <laughs> exactly. of those people. Exactly. Now I could just be don't one of those. perpetuate this thing. This is a very sore sticking point for me. I can't. The worst is like when you um get like... Americans and British both pronouncing things differently. Oh, so they'll pronounce like what well, like the British way will be Rousey, but then the Americans will say it like Rousey, but like then you'll watch like sports presenters talk and about they'll it. They'll say a third way. And they'll yeah, and you just oh god. And secretly it's like actually like David Bowie and he doesn't even know how to say his own name. Yeah. That's the video we made. Yeah. Is that is that one of mine you've watched? I've not watched it, but I've heard you mention it. But like in real conversation, <laughs> I I get fired in videos like in real life instead. So I've had people ask me this, and it's uh, it was actually really we, we can talk about that now. In fact, because uh, recently I was made aware of uh, a video by a podcast. I think it's what the hell am I watching podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. where they talked about my videos and their podcast so what I'm going to do is talk about their podcast talking about my video on my <laughs> podcast because the internet is just circular at this point there's no new content it's just everyone I'm talking really about hoping like a third podcast picks this up and starts having a discussion no I'm hoping it. their podcast picks this and talks <laughs> just and then their podcast never ending cycle is talking about me talking about their podcast on my video and I described it on Twitter as a deep dive into a kiddie pool because it is simultaneously a very, I guess, nuanced and intricate look into my life and career because they clearly did some research, but mm. they also didn't do some research. So they, they like, did like a very minor amount. So you can set the scene here. So what was it all inspired by, Mister Lucas? You watched it, didn't you? Because you were so, well. Was, I watched the first like five to ten minutes, like they did of your video. Yes, uh, as their the research, se- which is the setup. Yeah, the so. irony. Um, so basically, um, I saw you tweet out. 
oh, this podcast talked about me. That's interesting. So I clicked on it to have a little look, and um, it was like fact fiend cracked and clickbait discussion. Yes. Um, that's I think roughly what it was named. Something like that. Yeah, we could look um, it up, but you know what? That's too much. That's too much research. Yeah, we'll do um, as much research as they did. And not do any. <laughs> so one of the people brought this like Carl Smallwood fact fiend discussion to the podcast because they because watched... they watched a video that was like. A scene in hot, the most expensive scene in Hot Fuzz is like not what you'd expect. Yeah, and the that just happens to be the first video on the channel that went really viral. So it's I, it's I did, presumably immediately after the channel took off. Yeah, yeah, sure. So they were discussing the channel when it was appearing in everybody's subscription. Right? It was being suggested to a lot of people. Yeah, and it obviously got exposed to a wider audience, people who never seen my content before and didn't really know what the style was. Mm-hmm. And it's a really amusing thing for me because. Um, it's a deep breakdown of my of my life, in fact, because one of the people on this podcast decided to do some research into me as a person. Yes. Going as far as tracking down my original cracked profile and going into the workshop in behind the scenes and digging through their archives to find original articles I submitted. All right. Okay. Which takes which is not an insignificant amount of research to do on a person. No, no, no. Like especially when like the discussion was. I guess originally about the video yeah. and then they looked into like you as a person from that video and it kind of like took and, it from there, spiraled tra- with it. And tracked down like original articles I'd submitted almost like eight, seven years ago at this point. Just, you know, considering what you've been writing for 10 years, not, yes. not a short time ago. And, but that's quite amusing when you consider what did this person admit to doing almost immediately as the video started? Or their, ver- or their so podcast discussing my Their podcast video. was discussing the video. And then what the person who brought the uh, topic, I presume, said, oh, you only had to watch the factual bit. And then they all just went, yeah, that's all we did. Yeah. So like they watched a fifth of the video and then just zoned out and turned it off. And then dis- went on to create this entire narrative about my life. And this is the bit I found fascinating. Because from that five minutes, which you probably said this, it's like this, this video, it's... Um, Hot fuzz. It's the scene where they're flicking through the TV, and because of the way rights and licensing works, yeah. it's an absolute fucking ball ache to get all the rights. And because then, of the rights for like not only the films that they show in the clips, but then personality the, rights, the personality rights and the DVD covers. Yeah, everything. I believe as well. Yeah, and personality rights includes, and the, this is the the twist that I quite liked because the scene is the one in Hot Fuzz of uh, Point Break. Where yes. Keanu Reeves fires his gun into the air five times, and obviously they arrest it later with the film. Um, it's Patrick Swayze in that scene, but even though he's wearing a mask, he climbs over a fence, and yeah. that shot of him, his character climbing over a fence in a mask, so you see him from behind mm-hmm. wearing a mask, was his stuntman. So they even had to get the, light, uh, the right. rights from the stuntman. So they had to get Patrick Swayze's permission. Light, permission and the stuntman's permission, even though Patrick Swayze wasn't in the shot. No, even though the stuntman was in the shot. So it's Patrick Swayze in a mask, and the shot cuts to him. Oh, character. so it shows both technically. And then yeah. it shows his character climbing over a fence. So you can but see him from behind. That's a stuntman. That's a stuntman. Yeah. So even though you only see him from behind, and you see only see the back of his head, which is covered by a mask. I mean, let's be honest. Isn't that 90% of stuntman's work? Basically. From behind in a mask. So you can't see them. Yeah. But I just found it quite amusing that they even had to go and ask this random stuntman's permission to include this clip in the scene. Yeah. And because of that, it ended up taking them a lot longer to realise than all the other stunt scenes in the film <laughs> because it, that's like a, 
in turn chase this up mm-hmm. for the entire length of production to make sure they could put it in. And I just found it's an amusing story. It's funny, you can riff on it like often doing videos. And then at the very end of the video, I say, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm quoting myself exactly here, but something along the lines of, if this was a shitty clickbait video, um, we would be talking like, oh, 10 fun facts you don't know about Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. And it will be a list of things that they just took from IMDb and copy-pasted into a 10-list article. I mean, let's face it, it would more likely be a top 10 list stolen from a small site that got stolen from a slightly bigger site, Yeah, got stolen from BuzzFeed that they just took off IMDb. Yeah, basically, it'd be a whole thing. Yeah. And I jokingly said, so, so, and the, my point was, so here are some facts that you might not have see covered on them because they require actual digging and research. Mm-hmm. And went into a bunch of those, like stuff you only find out if you read, like really. If you go deep into like, interviews and stuff like or that, yeah. Director's commentaries, yeah. which obviously someone writing a BuzzFeed article is not going to do. No, it no. takes two fucking hours of your life. You get <laughs> five minutes on IMDb. And that's why it's quite amusing because this podcast, What the Hell Am I Watching, or whatever the fuck it's called, used the first five minutes of the video to a huge snap judgment about the title of the video by saying, well, it's very clear that he is he's, he is like BuzzFeed. He is like all these sites that rely on clickbait because he's using that title. There's no, re- he's no way he'd use that title if he wasn't trying to go with clickbait. Something I mean, they would have discovered is ex- the exact opposite of the, the truth. The exact joke that you're making in the if video. If they'd have watched the video for more than five minutes. Yep. That, to me, is so hilarious. That's I, mean, that's, I said, the guy don't... He, Delved, 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 delved. He delved deep, deep into my yeah. writing career to the very origins of it. My, my days on cracks in the workshop. Yeah, going going back all that way and spending what maybe an hour, yeah. if not more, researching you as a person and as a writer, but also couldn't spend fifteen minutes to watch a full video. Yeah, so he made this entire narrative in his head based off five minutes of a video recorded. 10 years after the person, like the, the snapshot of a person he was looking at mm-hmm. in this thing. And that was amazing to me because he, every, in the crowning glory of that glorious clusterfuck of just this rambling video where mm-hmm. they make no points, kind of like our podcast, <laughs> is where the guy says, well, this Carl, I don't know where he got his information because as far as I'm aware, everything, like what he's saying here about this scene being the most expensive one in the film to realise has never, and he, he's so adamant that this mm-hmm. is something that has never been confirmed by any source, including the one that he links. And as he says this, a disclaimer appears on screen saying, actually, no, in the source, Edgar Wright said exactly this. <laughs> and he says that about four more times yeah. throughout the and video. in the video, like, as you say, a disclaimer pops up. Actually, we are wrong. Edgar Wright, the fucking director, confirmed, confirmed it in an interview that we're citing. While they're sat there going, this cow guy doesn't do his research. He's just <laughs> copy-pasting it from elsewhere. How does he get by? And, he's, and then they're saying, oh, he's a, he's a bad writer because like, the articles I wrote for Cracked were too long and contained too much detail. Okay, but would you rather just have like... Which is why I don't write for Cracked anymore and write my own website, which is individual facts but going into a lot of detail because would that's... you rather just get 10 facts from BuzzFeed and let it be like two sentences long but it's just it was so amusing to me that this guy is sat there and he very clearly thought he had a gotcha yeah of oh this is wrong he's lying he's doing it for hyperbolic effect and he's smugly sat there going 
Yeah, this is not confirmed in anything. I don't know where it's he got just, this information. He did not do his research properly while not researching it properly. While simultaneously claiming to have been an editor who used to clean up the writing and research of bad writers, which he said with, like, huge air quotes. Oh, God. Saying, oh, he's not a very good writer. So, like, you know, discover this. Why would he, Why did he get this fact from? I couldn't find anything in my research. So you could have just read the original article I linked. Yeah. Where it's, it's, it's like, you could have gone to the source that you... Which you is why I put it in there, because it's, yeah. it's un- it sounds unbelievable, which is why I did it. Because, you know, when uh, somebody is actually writing an article, they cite their sources and leave it in the article or in a, a footnote or something like that, which is exactly what you did. And he didn't and bother. He didn't, yeah, he didn't bother, couldn't be asked. To click that one link and confirm it. And I found that amazing because obviously this is, it's a 40 minute section of a podcast where they go into this yeah. based on five minutes of a video. Mm-hmm. And I just very amusing to me that from this five minutes, this guy thought he had me all figured out. And he didn't, and just to watch, because he, he walked, I know, down the path and I'm there. I'm stood there at the end, I'm waving to him, I'm saying hello. <laughs> And all he needs to do to get down this path is just watch the 15 minutes of the video. Yeah. And then off to the side, he just sees, what's this? Is this is this his old crack profile? Let's follow that. <laughs> and he wandered into the woods for 35 minutes. Yeah. Like, got lost and shit his pants. And then came out the other end and said, that cow guy's a dickhead. Yeah. And I'm just still stood there, like, waving at him. Like, I'm right here. You could find me. It's you could not... just watch the end of the video, just to confirm. To make, sure you're not, to, not make, to make sure you're not sounding like a complete dickhead who yeah. doesn't know what they're talking about. Because that's my job. I mean, one thing that really gets me is obviously they made an assumption on the headline and yeah. calling it clickbaity. Now, my issue with clickbait articles is the content, not the header. Yeah, so they never deliver on the content. Because they never deliver on what they're, they're citing. But if you're a writer trying to get clicks, you're... Like, actual purposes to design a headline that will get clicks yeah. and get views. And I, that is a good headline. And I say one of my strongest skills as a writer is writing intriguing headlines that make me want to click. Yeah. But at the same time, delivering on what I say. Like I mean, for, no one's going to click on the Hot Fuzz video if you just go, oh, bookshelf, bookshelf scene was expensive in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it's more it's like one of, the most, one of the most innocent scenes in Hot Fuzz. I think it's the actual title is... One of the easiest, or simply scenes in Hot Fuzz was the most difficult to film. Yeah, yeah. And difficult in that sense, meaning because they had to go through all these hurdles of getting the rights. Mm-hmm. And that gets people to click, and obviously it did. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or another one that I like is um, the Gimpy Gimpy, but the Gimpy Gimpy, uh, the Gimpy Gimpy, and it says the butthole destroying Australian tree. Which, <laughs> okay. Which is a tree that has like these tiny little barbs of poison on it yeah. that once killed a man because he wiped his ass with it and he made him shoot himself in the head. And obviously, I could just put, oh, well, okay. I could just put like, you know, the, the dangerous Australian stinging tree. Yeah, yeah. But I think a much more enticing title is the butthole stinging tree. Yeah. Of Australia. And the way I've explained it for is, I hate that clickbait never delivers on those hyperbole. Like, six facts about so-and-so you won't believe. So I will believe it. Yeah. So I just try not to make those claims. I try and make hyperbolic claims that I deliver on. Yeah, because, like, uh, as you say, like, that is still factually correct information that you then dive into in your video. Yeah, it's the old idea of, like, don't judge what likes cover, no, fuck that. If that was true, why do why were there two different versions of Harry Potter? <laughs> why do they have an adult cover for adults who would be embarrassed about reading it on the train? Yeah. So it's very clear that people might use their first, evidently, judging by the fact they watch five minutes of the video and judge me from that. And funnily um, enough, you know, then I watched five minutes of the podcast and then podcasted on that. 
Yeah. I watched the entire thing, to be fair. I, like, obviously, uh, yeah, I was just on my break at work and just thought I'd give it a quick glance. I was in the gym because the more it went on, the more I was laughing. <laughs> I, I was on like the chest press and I nearly burst out laughing. When, <laughs> when I like heard the guy say, he never says it. So that's fucking not true. Rewind that. Did he actually say I never said it? And then on screen flashes up, yeah. actually, he totally said this. <laughs> like, you fucking idiot. Oh, yeah, I used to be an editor. No wonder you're not a fucking editor anymore. I mean, that's the thing is that as much as it's fun to come on and laugh about something, if I'm going to make awful claims about them, I'm going to probably like look into things a bit more. Well, my f- the thing is, I do, because I have got that upset. I have researched my strongest suit. I love research. I yeah, love yeah. doing it. And what I did is after watching this thing where they're going, oh, man, he very clearly um, just like takes things from elsewhere online and reformats them, which is, I guess, kind of true because I find facts that are obscure enough that haven't been covered elsewhere. But I always make sure, one, it's never been on Today I Learned. Yes. Yeah. If it's been on Today I Learned, it's been on every fucking half-rate fact website going. And you've probably written it. And Yeah. And <laughs> two, that if I type in the headline that I do, nothing similar comes up on YouTube or that. Yeah, yeah. To make sure, at the very least, the topic itself is some. It's, if it's going to be something somewhat that's, unique, if it's been covered before, at least I'm giving my un, a unique view on it. Yeah, yeah. And I looked into their thing or their channel and found out they do movie trailer reactions. Oh, okay. So while they're sat there, going, "Oh man, it's, it's I can't believe how lazy his content is. He's very obviously he's not putting the work in. He's coasting on the work of others." as their primary revenue model is watching other watching yeah. and reacting to films made by other people. Oh, God. I, <laughs> There's not a hint of, like, self-awareness or irony. Yeah. You know, I never mind, like, going and having a discussion about, say, a trailer. Movie reviews, that's not thing, yeah. Yeah, but, like, anything like that. But, like, so me and you did a podcast about what we thought of, like, a Nintendo Direct. Something, yeah. Uh, but I don't mind when it's, like, we'll watch it sit on our thoughts for a little bit, have a discussion, when it is you putting a camera in front of your face and just watching a trailer. It's all it's going to be is you going, <gasps> oh my God, I can't believe that. There is no content to be dry. You no. are stealing the money or you st- you are stealing from whatever comes And in. then when you search for the trailer, first thing that comes up is, I react to the trailer. It, it'll never stop pissing me off. No. I, I would, if anyone out there knows of an extension that removes reaction videos from your YouTube suggestions and recommendations. Also, any Pokemon content while I'm trying to avoid that because that's, that's fucking awful. It's so, so frustrating that when I type in Avengers Endgame, the most hotly anticipated movie trailer on the planet at the time, and the top result is a guy with 40,000 subscribers with his face taking up four quarters of the fucking screen real yeah. estate just screaming about it when I want to watch the official trailer. Also four quarters. Yeah, that's how I said. <laughs> it's called hyperbole. Apparently I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> hyperbole's not allowed, if, even especially if you're a comedian. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> that's the thing, I'm a comedian, but I trade with Well, it's the fucking... It's, so it's meant to be like a comedy discussion, like... It's meant to just be a fun fucking discussion. Yeah, they, also accuse me of, yeah, they also accuse me of stealing the format as well. Oh, really? Yeah. From who? Apparently someone else did something similar. Oh yeah, because that's never happened before. A, a year earlier. Okay, yeah. but has no one ever like put a camera in front of four people and made a podcast? No, I mean like the idea of me talking to the guy. Oh no, I meant them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah. Oh man, but it's it's one of those weird things where it happened twice in a week as well. Because then I also got another person send me another message of a guy getting drunk watching one of my videos and just going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, and it got like 13,000 views. So, what? you know what? Well done, him. 
That's clearly what he does for a living. He's oh. evidently earning enough money from it to... God. Uh, I say this, though, fully aware that an idea we came up with while drunk last week is now going to be an official <laughs> staple of the channel. So I'd now like to officially announce, for people who may not be aware of it, yep. Wikipedia Weekends. It's going to happen. Because after last week, where me and Lucas just sat and went through the Pokemon Go Wikipedia page and had a, did, ra- yeah. had a right old fucking laugh, just about, it's just something very humorous about the very matter of factly way Wikipedia articles are written. Yeah, about- and as, as well the fact that like anyone can edit them, so like facts can just be like brought from anywhere. It's not just like a real. Like, you know, baseline. A lot of them are very deep dives into this. Some of them are, depending on the nature yeah, of the subject. Yeah, depending on it. So one of my favourite facts about Wikipedia is, do you know which article on their website? Um, all the moderators have voted as being one of the best written and best examples of what a Wikipedia article can strive to be, like in terms of like you know, how well-researched it is and the, edit, like the standards presented therein. I would guess, but I have no It inkling. is the Wikipedia page for... Alien vs. Predator, the movie. Oh, okay. Which is seen, which has been voted consistently one of the best Wikipedia pages on the website. Not in terms of its content, but in terms of the way it's written and how like you know informative and well researched it is. Oh, okay. And the style of writing being like perfectly in line with. Mm-hmm. So it has all these votes. Like it's the best page on Wikipedia. Like if you want to write a Wikipedia page, read this one first. Cause this is the style you should be going for. Fair enough. I mean, it's two more. I guess. Um, Two fan bases coming together that are—that's what it is. Yeah, extremely like hardcore and passionate, and that's exactly what it is. Where they basically went in and they—it's been consistently edited all the time. And there's loads of other like tidbits about Wikipedia that I love. Um, a great one because I've done oddly enough, I do research on this. I don't steal it from elsewhere. Yeah. And um, one of my favourites is um, there is a page on Wikipedia that has been flagged for cleanup more than any other page. Do you want to take a guess at what that page is? I, again, I have no. Clip. It's the Wikipedia page on ejaculation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Every single day, someone flags that page for cleanup. Yeah, yeah. Because then some Wikipedia editor who's covering that part of a site gets a message in their inbox saying ejaculation flagged for cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> and that is fucking brilliant. And in that vein, here's another one for you. Would you like to hazard a guess at what page on Wikipedia has had the most user submitted photos? Submitted for it for review i mean would it be penis it's not penis it's something close though what specifically about a penis do you think has people submitting photos it's something the penis does sometimes even when you're not thinking about it usually on a morning oh okay do you want to say the word so we uh, erection the page on erection on wikipedia has one of them it's the most user submitted photos because you get all the guys who on the internet who think my penis can be the first penis? Like, they obviously like it's, it's not. If you go search for that, there will be a picture of a penis. Yeah, and what they want to be is every guy apparently thinks that their penis is the perfect representation like, of a perfect, a perfect erect, erect penis. And yeah. they say, and they said, and and one of the rundowns on the talk page, which is amazing, I recommend people go read it, is um, the wiki editors discussing. Um, we don't need a section. To describe every single, like you know, stage of an erection, because <laughs> one guy came in and tried to submit a series of photos yeah. showing it in progress. People submitted gifts. People have gone like to professional photography studios to get like the best quality photo of their oh, dick God. possible. People just submit grainy photos of their dick in the same. 
Oh, it, and then there's arguments about how big the dick should be in the photo. Yeah. Like, should it be average size? Should it be as big as possible? You know, to showcase yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. And then I think and that is an argument that has, it continues today. And it, every single week people submit photos of their dick thinking, this is the dick. Again, I am going represent- to be the dick model of the world. That sh- like- this should represent what the idea or the... This should be the standard for an erection. Yeah. And isn't that amazing? That that's an argument that's happening right now. Uh, it does not surprise me though. Yeah, but at all. But it, yeah, it's fantastic. And that's one of the things you learn when you like go into the depths of Wikipedia. And obviously, we're not going to really discuss that in the um, the videos themselves because that would require, like, obviously, a lot of time and effort. It's not. It's just <laughs> no, pic- I'm joking. That requires we're... pictures, and we can't really do that. Yeah, yeah. That's just an amusing fact about Wikipedia that I like because obviously. It's not so much the fact that people do that, it's the mm. discussions from the wiki editors who have to maintain yeah. that very clinical, clerical style while discussing this objectively hilarious subject Yeah, matter. exactly. And uh, I, I, I say, like, we've got Wikipedia weekends, and it will just be us. Um, I don't know how we're going to source these Wikipedia pages. I've got a big file full of ones that are funny, or I've got interesting Okay, um, and we are just going to... Essentially, like we did last week, like yeah, to last week's similar podcast. to last week's podcast of like we will go down the page for a Pokemon Go Wikipedia article, and then like not specifically Pokemon, it's not only Pokemon it's Go, gonna every be Pokemon week. Go every single Same time. episode every week. Um, but yeah, we'll go down a Wikipedia page and just like read facts from it and use it as a base for discussion. Yeah, because part of the I hope the draw of the videos and the podcast is the improvised spontaneous nature mm-hmm. and the random tangents and the ideas and the random facts that percolate inside my head as I read other things and again I think that's what makes your format different because because it's not just somebody blankly reading something to a screen and uh, yeah. it's two people reacting and having a discussion and something I'm quite proud of is in today I found out videos and most of the videos Simon does now he's gone for a lot more relaxed style and he's never confirmed but I think it's part of because of our channel Oh, okay, yeah. Because the idea of it makes you appear more genuine if you crack up. Mm-hmm. Whereas, obviously, he cuts those out, because obviously for the joke. Uh, he'll like, he'll laugh, and they'll cut it, like, very obviously, but they'll leave it in. Oh, right, So yeah, you get yeah. that moment of him breaking character to humanise him and make him... But it will be, like, cut just at the right moment, just get... after he starts laughing. And that, for us, was not something we originally intended to do. It's not something I ever wanted to do. I wanted to maintain, like, the friendly banter style. That actually came about when we were talking... About it's the le- the umbrella stealing leopard of the Tower of London, which again is a title I mean, yeah. <laughs> that it, it, you want to click that video. No, you do. It was about a leopard that lived in the Tower of London that would swipe at people's umbrellas as oh, they okay. went past. So it's completely. But apparently that's clickbait. That's clickbait, isn't it? Even though I deliver exactly on what I promise. Yeah, yeah. And um, of, there is a distinct line in that where I talk about all the thing. This leopard apparently just hated headwear. <laughs> and anyone walking past wearing headwear or any sort of like item of clothing that wasn't like a shirt and breeches, uh, it would swipe at them. And it, there was a sentence that just made me lose it. It's, oh, and there's even a confirmed case of it swiping at a woman's muff. <laughs> and a muff is what you put your hands inside of. Yeah, yeah. And the video, it left it in. And it's me just going, <laughs> muff. <laughs> <laughs> and the, yeah, and the leopard destroyed the woman's muff. And I lost it and we left it in because it was so funny. And yeah. then since then we've realised I write articles for myself to include sentences I know I won't be able to say out loud. Yeah, such yeah. as the leopard destroying a woman's muff. <laughs> the muff destroying leopard of the Tower oh, of London. God. And that's the thing is, like, as somebody who 
doesn't watch Fact Fiend, I am intrigued by your headlines. Exactly, and that's part but of the it. It's just very weird for me to sit there and watch my friend oh, yeah. in a video, so I, I tend not to. It's, it's going to be even weirder when you're editing them. Because fun fact, Luke's going to edit those ones. I so will, They're yeah. nice and simple, and it gives him a chance to earn some Monet and move Spread away. my wings a bit. Yeah. Spread Try your wings. video edits. Get it on, man. Yeah, Wikipedia Wednesday. I'm looking for well, Wikipedia weekends. Not Wednesday. Yeah, because that's for regular fat fever. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that because I just I really love testing the limits of uh, my improv. Mm-hmm. I really got off on the idea of when I was doing stand up, doing oh, five doing five minutes of uh, material, but having like a fifteen minute or ten minute set. Yeah. And having to go on and then have to rely on the crowd because I loved that. Yeah. That yeah, thrill sure. of okay. I now have to riff on whatever is presented to me. And mm-hmm. I love people throwing random information at me to you know, react to or make jokes about or spin little stories about off. No, it's like, I think what really makes your channel like stand out is just like how much of it is just improvised. And as you always say to to me, I don't know how much you like talk about this in Fat Fiend and stuff, mm-hmm. but like when you record a video, if anything goes wrong with it, you can't, Refilm that video because no. it's a discussion and it's improvised. Yeah, and that's the problem. We've, there's a couple of videos we've lost outright because the sound went off or we lost like so. Yeah, a little technical problems and stuff. And I refuse to re-upload the video. I'll re-record the video because I don't want to make the same jokes twice. And I have to wait for the jokes to leave my head. There's like one about Christopher Lee that's been in the archives for ages. We never about re-record because I don't want to make the same jokes. Oh right, okay. You yeah. can't recapture the spontaneity, and I don't. And I know that if we tried to do that, it'd be artificial. And people would pick up on it. Yeah, of course. And people would see it as we like we're phoning it in, or we're obviously the laugh is fake. Because you're not going to have genuine moments where like you're laughing at a leopard destroying a, a muff. muff. Yeah. Because if you've said it for like the third, fourth time recording it, you're either going to have to fake a laugh, or you're not going to laugh in general. Exactly. And I don't like that idea. Luckily, I've got enough articles where we can just do more. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just very, very uh, upsetting that I could just... say that you've spent. A lot of time writing. No, I'm not a writer. But no, not a writer. Definitely not. Please, I don't even know how many writing credits I have anymore. Like the last time I checked, it was over like a thousand. <laughs> it's definitely over that because I did. Um, there's so much stuff I've written, ghost written. Like, oh I just, like, yeah. Ghost yeah. write a lot of articles. I used to do a lot of blog posts, like music, like music reviews. Like, ghost written a lot of people's essays. Yeah. for School. That was a fun. That was a good. Way to <laughs> that was a good way to earn money. That was. It was so fun. But um, I won't give anyone links to those websites because obviously they're unethical. Yeah. But when I was struggling, I needed money. I needed yeah. When money. when you were like. Only able to afford baked beans on toast. Which I still eat now, but I still want to. you're able to afford it. <laughs> I, can, I can afford Heinz, not yeah. worth 32 pence Tesco's out. You still buy the 32 pence Tesco's out. Oh, cheaper, aren't they? So yeah. that's how you do it. But um, No one got rich spending money, mate. No one, I don't think will, uh, uh, no one. I don't think you will ever manage to get more writing credits than the amount of people you've now blocked on Twitter. No. Oh, that is the competition. You saw that this morning, didn't I did. Because uh, we could bring that up. I think it's 3,611. <laughs> and that's quite a high number. So we can talk about the reason this is. Because every morning, before I go for my morning shit, shower and a shave, yeah. I will just like scroll through. I follow like BBC News and I'll check. There's a few people that I, I, what I do is I search their name. Because like news aggregates. So I, they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're people that I know tend to read tweet the news oh, but okay. they do it in such large amounts that I don't like following them mm-hmm. because it blocks my feet so what I do is I, I once a morning I'll see what they've retweeted from the day before Yeah, and I know a few people I'll just go through like new story new story new story here's a funny thing that's happened in the news that, I'll keep that back on my mind maybe it's an interesting thing that I could bring up in a podcast mm-hmm. or a video 
that sort of thing. And what I'll, um, a, a hobby that I've had for many, many years, a hobby, as sad as it sounds, is I'll always click like BBC news articles. Say we've got an article, say there's a, a news story, breaking news, migrant ship sinks 30 die. Yeah. Tragedy, awful. I'll click that and I'll look and I'll go, oh, there's a comment here from, like, you know, Janice, who just says, good. Yeah. So you know what, let's block her. I know it doesn't do anything, but it makes me feel better that, because presumably she's going to do that on the next BBC article. And when I scroll down, I don't want to see that. Yeah, and as well, um, as you explained to me, also alleviates the issue of just so happens that they ever come across you on Twitter, yeah. that horrible mentality will not ever be put on your Twitter. Which happened, because we can talk about this. Because this is so weird. I found it out the other day, because obviously speak, okay. speaking of cracked, uh, one of the shootings in America, I forget which, which is an horrible thing to say, that's not a joke. I genuinely um, forget which shoot. I think maybe yeah. the Daytona. Because there was, yeah, there was the Daytona one. There was three in a row, and it's obviously a horrible tragedy. Yeah, there was one in like San Francisco. And, one yeah. of them followed a bunch of cracked writers and former crack writers, in addition to like, a couple thousand other people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. One of which is me. And he followed. I was followed on Twitter by a mass murderer. I mean, and that is so weird to think. Yeah, like, yeah, well, like you followed a lot of people, like right? thousands, like, and apparently yeah, you yeah. followed everybody who had anything to do with cracked. Oh, okay. Including all the alumni and writers and stuff like that. And obviously, I had cracked in my bio for ages. And so, just someone with a real like bone on for cracked. Yeah, and obviously thousands of other people. Yeah, and it was so weird. So mm. I clicks. I went. I just saw that as I again scrolling through the news. Oh, here's the online Twitter profile of one of the shooters. Fucking hell. Obviously, it's not. Often, it's such a weird thing. Like It's a yeah. snapshot into the mind of a mass murderer. Why would I not yeah, go Yeah, because obviously, like, um, what's... most people's Twitter feed are just, here's what I am thinking, yeah. and here's what I believe. Yeah, here's a snapshot of this person's personality, and it's frozen in time now before yeah. it gets deleted. Let's have a click. Click on it, follows you. What the fuck? Yeah. And it's, it's re- there's no words to describe. Like, the, the pang, not of guilt, but just of, like... It's like yeah, it's not even guilt because it's not like he was like doing it under you know any sort of like belief that that's what you or cracked or someone wanted. It's not like you had had any influence on it's it. It's just weird. It's to just think. a very strange feeling. Yeah, that someone like that presumably enjoyed either the content I made. The mm-hmm. thing is, at three thousand followers, I don't think you can see. It's just a sea. It is just a sea of people. Of that crap, and every now and again, he might have spotted me posting like you know selfies with my dog. Yeah. That's found so weird. And obviously, that's the reason I have so many people blocked on Twitter because I would just do that because I don't want to see it. No, exactly. And bear in mind, you do that for three years. If you think how many awful people there are out there who on stories like that on the news will just put good. Yeah. Or they'll just say awful shit. It's like um, I saw one recently of like, a guy who was stopped um, near like an immigrant camp mm. with like a, a knife and a gun, fully loaded I gun. Um, and he had like Trump stickers branded on the gun or on his car. You didn't even need to say that. That was implied. But yeah, okay. it was. But, you know, I had to say it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then I obviously, like, go through, click on the Twitter, and a couple, like, the out of the first ten comments, there was a couple, like, oh, I wish he'd got through. Or, like, should have been, you know, should have been quicker. Like, they wouldn't have caught you then. And in that situation, what I always do is, like, block. Yeah. So the next time I go click on a news story to see if there's like any follow-up. Because obviously when you, you want to know what the follow-up is, usually yeah, breaking yeah. news stories have uh, detailed events. So if I'm clicking on it the day after normally the fact, updates upon updates, yeah. And I like to keep abreast of the world, even if it's not really something that comes into my content. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just like to know more about what's happening in the world. It just makes me feel 
more rounded as a person, I suppose, or better, I mean, fair better, enough. a better conversationalist. And then you just see that. And I don't need to see some dickhead who works in an office just like wishing death upon people yeah, because yeah. they don't. Because they're different than them. They've never like... experienced the world. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons it's so artificially high, but it is quite funny when I say, oh God, it's like three and a half thousand people. <laughs> then again, my article count might be up there. Potentially, including because, everything like you've ghostwritten and stuff. So it's, let's have a, a, some rough numbers now. Um, you've got a calculator on your phone? I do, yes. Yeah. We can do some rough numbers now. I don't know off the top of my head. It's going to be a very rough estimate. It is, yeah. And I'm not over-exaggerating here. I have written so fucking much online. I mean, I was friends with you during like your uni writing days and I'd write five was a fucking lot <laughs> it's five a week for like six years or some shit so cracked is 50 it's 50 or 70 it's between like 50 and 75 I think I was the most prolific British writer on there between 50 and 75 put, so put, we said 60 low ball it and put it 50 50 keep okay. it nice even numbers um, my personal website fact fiend is about 700 750 oh, okay put 700 there yeah put 700 low ball it Um Today I found out is about 600. Go 600, yeah. yeah. Um, top 10s is about 300. Like three, 300 odd. Three, zero, yeah. zero. List verse is about 100, 150. 100 there? Yeah, so we've got that. Um, oh God, what else did I write for now? Uh, Man Cave Daily is about 100, 120 I did for those because there's all the, um, the ass kicking athletes of antiquity. Oh, okay. There's yeah, about yeah. 80 of them and about like. I think 40, 50. Well, random, we're just going to again lowball it. Go, 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 go for 100. That makes sense for that one. And there's a music review site I wrote for for a bit. Well, I didn't do many for them. There was Zug. I think I wrote like five, ten articles for them. Oh, okay. There were prank websites. Put five on for them. Um, there was Media Shower, who were a offshoot of Zug run by their leader. Who basically, that was all about SEO. I, oh, right. I did okay, about yeah. like 10, 15, 20 articles for those guys. I did um, interviews and stuff like that. So writing questions, submitting them, then just performing. Yeah, that's a little 15 there. Yeah. Go for it. So I did that one. Uh, there was another shout. What's it? I forget what it's called. It was a a site. Because I wrote for a lot of sites that messaged me saying, we want, want Cracked-esque articles, but for half the price. <laughs> okay. So I wrote for a few of those. And there was a site on that. Do you know what I can actually do while we're doing this? I can bring up on my Google Drive... I have saved every article I have ever written. Because like a Word document takes up like 15 fucking kilobytes, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So we can just go have a look in there and see how many files are in there. Because there are so many other ones. Like, where would I find my files? Home. Where the fuck would I find this stuff? Edit in the past year. Search drive. And... Search all of it, I guess? Like, I know it's a file. It's just files. It's called all writing. Here we go. All writing. Storage user. I can just click it and go on. Yeah, then, then there's another one where I did a used to write ghost write for a uh, a writer for cracked. Oh right, okay, fair enough. So if I just go on writing and then put prop details and activity. Any details here? Does it tell? It doesn't tell me how many things are in there. It just says it's. Can you like select all or something like that? No, because they're all in different files. Look. Oh no, yeah, but I mean, like, is there any option to select all files? Let's have a look. I'm curious myself now. This is really going. This is really going on. Do you know what I can do? I'll grab my lap. No, I need to put my fucking connect to the I internet. I think this is like too much of a too much of a deep dive. It is. If we're going to go like, I'm really curious myself because this has everything in it. What was the number you got to on there? 
Um, at the moment, we were on like 1,870. Yeah, and the thing is, there's more, because I forgot about, I used to ghost write for another website, and I'd write like 10 a week. Wow. Okay. And, I did, and I did that for about three months. So obviously 10 a week for three months, like another couple hundred. But I don't know the exact So amount. at that point, we're still talking like a good 2,000. Yeah, but I don't know. But I'm not a writer. No, no, no. I'm no. not a writer now. I just, you know, I rip stuff off. But 2,000... Still not quite hitting like that. Three and a half thousand. There might be. I was like, how do I do it? Storage. Uh, if only you had the thing that you have on. Bloody, uh, what's it now? Well, you just say property. Oh, yeah, like on Windows where you can just click properties and it'll tell you how my files are on. Yeah, and that's, oh, God, that's so fucking annoying. Rename, change colour, details and activity. That's so fucking annoying. I'm so pissed off. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe if I try and save the file, it'll tell me how many files are in there as it downloads it. Let's try that. <laughs> because when you download it, it always just says, like, oh, downloading yeah, yeah. one of, like, so many files. So I have that. So. I mean, luckily you have unlimited internet. Yeah, not on this phone, though. This is my regular phone. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, add to start, link sharing, copy link. How do I download something? Make available offline. Is that what you do? I think okay. so. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are so nice to me, Lucas. Add to home screen. There is not make available offline. You Share. might have to make like, each individual. Thing Are you fucking kidding? Oh, there's so many fucking things in here. Oh yeah, I wouldn't bother at that point. In which case, fuck it. But yeah. So we're we're seeing at least two thousand. Yeah, and bear in mind when I click on some of these, I'm going into other files, because... like folders that have other files in them. And yeah, I'm going into other things with other things and other things and other things. So it's, there's probably a couple hundred more out there that I'm not remembering. Plus all the shitty articles I wrote for like two dollars. Yeah, yeah. And then all the ones I wrote for free when <laughs> I tried to do that. So yeah, yeah there's a few out there, but I guess maybe I'm outrun by a lot. But I'm not a writer. No, no, I'm no. Not. Of course not. I, I, I didn't. There's not. I'm making all those numbers up. I'm a liar. I'm, I'm, I'm cheating. <laughs> so, Carl, there is one thing I wanted to. Uh, what is that? Discuss with you today. I haven't spoken to you about it in person. Yet. Okay. Um, did you see in like terms of like, internet news? Obviously, uh, Twitch went. Uh, Ninja went over from Twitch to Mixer. The betrayal. The WWE I mean, betrayal. The sellout that everyone would make. The sellout the of the like century. Fifty million dollar sellout. Fifty million dollar. Uh, did do you it. see the repercussion? No, I know that obviously. The when, Twitch fuck up. It's when you sign as a not affiliate. Is it oh affiliate no, no, partner? nothing to do with that. Oh, okay. Uh, so Twitch had a new experiment that they were going to put out. Uh, they tested it only on Ninja's channel because he's gone it was while the channel is offline they will promote other content so it would go you go to search Ninja if you're not aware he's on Mixer search Ninja it goes and because he's, he's got, offline yeah. at the moment but he's got so many millions of other subscribers like people like to be clicking on his channel yeah yeah, yeah. So um, wasn't it for like a few days after he announced it just his chat had people in it yeah probably talking like. even though there weren't there was nothing showing so Go to Ninja's page. He's offline. Here's some content you might enjoy. What do they promote? And like front page of Ninja's channel was full hardcore pornography. Yes! (laughs) Just apparently a guy just like railing a woman on Twitch. So what are they just promoted a random channel? They promoted a random channel. Who just so happened to be at that exact time. Just happened to be like showing porn or performing porn. Front page on the most popular channel, which presumably appears in a lot. Because I don't use Twitch's interface that much, but 
I'm guessing the most subscribed to person on that platform still, I believe, would be is, yeah. would just be a thumbnail that's constantly on their front Probably, page. Probably, yeah. And if they're um, so that is something they only tried on Ninja's channel because it was offline, obviously. Which they know he's, he's, he's never coming back. Well, um, he will, but when he gets paid more. And yeah, so <laughs> then Ninja had to turn around and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this is nothing to do with me. Fuck Twitch. I've spent like 10 years building up my brand and then they like automatically. Yeah, that's why I sold, like, that's why I sold out immediately. Yeah, he spent 10 years like building this Ninja brand and then like, as soon as he's off Twitch, you're like, oh, watch porn on his channel. Oh, and he's like, this, oh, you God. Know what? I would respect him if he owned it and went, that's cool. No, but obviously, like, yeah, yeah. he's built up He wants that. to be a f- the family-friendly He brand. is the family-friendly streamer, which is why he's got so many followers. He's, like, a very, like, positive, kid-friendly like, kid streamer. I don't know much about him. Do I want to Google right now, though? The same thing I always Ninja Google. porn. No. Nope. <laughs> is that what you're going to put in? Ninja N-word. I always do this whenever I find out I'm in Let's have a look. Oh, here we go. YouTube link, Ninja, saying the N-word. Cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, there we go. And then the top link is watch Ninja on Mixer. Streaming <laughs> is better this way. So you know what? I don't think I need to watch that guy. No. I do that every time. Whenever, some, whenever I Has see... Has this like, streamer said the N-word on yeah, stream? I just type in their name and N-word. And if an article comes up or a YouTube link, I'm like... I don't need to give a shit about this person. Yes. <laughs> but it's very interesting to talk about. Yeah, I don't really like watch streaming. I watch some like um, awesome games on Quick. That's about it. Yeah. Which, um, which has obviously its own from... whole thing. Yeah. Oh God, um, your TV's just gone off Lucas. Yeah, oh God. No, my, my PC's oh. on screen saving. But, oh um, but yeah, so I, I don't stream much in terms of watching and stuff. And... Um, yeah, I, I don't follow Ninja or anything, but it's interesting to know that the second that Twitch lost their like biggest channel, they were like, oh yeah, we'll just put whatever the fuck that's completely random content on his channel. You think it'd at least be curators. Exactly. At least pick one of the other, like, you know, You would think here's the other top 10, like, Fortnite streamers or whatever. Yeah, like that guy who filmed Kids in the Toilet, or that woman. Oh, Dr. Dickhead. Yeah. Or that woman who kicked a cat. Or that other oh, yeah. woman who kicked a dog. No, she didn't kick a cat. She yeeted a cat. Or that other... Um, or that the one other who, like, hit and spat on a dog and then went, I'm sorry, I'm having a really bad time at the moment. Or that other person who spat vodka in their cat's mouth. Or that... I think that was the same one that yeeted a cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or that other person who, while filming an ASMR stream, just said the, hard, like, the N-word with the hard ER at the end. Oh, no. Just randomly straight to camera for no reason. Oh, God. Well, why don't you put one of those other creators, Twitch? Yeah, do that. Build that awesome brand. <laughs> Some of them are YouTubers, you know. Spread the hate. They should all work together. They, yeah. should, just, they should just all work together and just have them They just all form sick. one conglomerate channel and call it something like Smosh. I don't know. Smosh 2. <laughs> They're not going to use that name, it's fine. So, though, speaking of collaborations, did you see... Because this news, I thought it was The Onion. It's news I looked at and went, that's the fucking Onion. Oh, like the um, the like joke articles that yeah. they write. And it was, Jack White and Jack Black are teaming up as a band called Jack Grey. <laughs> did you not see <laughs> I this? Didn't see that. Jack Black and Jack White are teaming up as Jack Grey. Oh, that's amazing. Make, I think it's either a collaboration on a song or a band. And I am... So annoyed that that is real. That is definitely going to be 
here's one album that nobody buys and then we never hear from them but again. it will get the a lot... The is happening. It'll get a lot of column inches because it reminds me of um, a really good remix album, in fact. It's um, Jay-Z's The Black Album. Oh, okay. Remixed with The Tell Beatles. No, The Beatles' White Album. And what do you, oh, think, it, okay. what do you think it's called? The Grail. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Obviously, it writes itself, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's actually a really good remix of that song. They blend together quite and it's obviously a very talented guy who does it, but... You get away with doing that song. once. You get away with doing it once. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Well, Jack Black and Jack White teaming up Jack Gray. It's a fuck's sake. I'm annoyed. Two people with very weird and specific musical talents. Yeah. Jack White's pretty cool. I like Jack White. I think they're, they're both pretty cool. Like, And we know I'm, they're both... And the thing as well, they're both suited for each other because they're both used to being part of a duet. Or a, a double Yeah, yeah, yeah. Act. A duo, yeah. And that's really good for them, but I do not want to see them live. <laughs> ever because I'm as much as I appreciate like Jack White's uh, artistry and his musical talent I don't like any song he's ever done like the um, White Stripes are not a band that I have ever found myself listening to for no, any length of time no exactly like obviously there's um, the one song uh, Seven Nation Army that's it I um, didn't even remember the name because you know it's that big but yeah I mean they're not a one-hit wonder, but they're just a band that had like a couple of alright singles, and I'd never choose to listen but to them. I think Jack White is one of those musicians where he has he's quietly been doing stuff in the background. He's like Trent Reznor, where Trent Reznor, while he's um, I forget what band he's part of now, I, f- I fucking forget. But he has been. I'm gonna double check. Yeah, yeah. I sound so. I sound so fucking because I I know the name Trent Reznor, but I can't think of what he's done. It might be Nine Inch Nails. Oh, okay. It might be that, but I'm gonna double check. Because while he's not a part of them, he's been doing movie studio uh, movie soundtracks. Oh, okay, for yeah. years and years and years, and that's what he makes his. Uh, that's what he's quite earns his bones doing. Yeah, yeah. Trent Reznor. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, he says here, American singer, songwriter, musician, record producer, film score producer. But he won't tell me what band he did. <laughs> the lead singer. Oh wait, here we go. That I've got here, Trent Michael Trent Reznor. Because this is the preview of the article. Born May 17th, 1965. He's an American singer, songwriter, music musician, record producer, and film score composer. He's the founder, lead vocalist, and principal songwriter of the industrial rock... Dot, dot, dot. Oh. Oh, so, so I've got to click on it again. Just to double check. It's like, oh, it it's cut, click beating you in. It cuts off Nine Inch Nails, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. And he did like the soundtrack for the... Let's have a quick look here. Fact checking will ruin this podcast. But uh, yeah, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl... Bird Box. Okay, um, some some quite like serious soundtrack. The, the Social Network, yeah. He's like one of those where... Yeah, yeah. Even though you like, oh, I don't like Nine Inch Nails, you like Trent Reznor because he's been quietly working in the background of the industry. But it's like um, a, a big one that I found out was... Um, like, this is not... It's not like it's some like hidden information or anything. I just never heard of uh, Pharrell Williams when he came out with like Happy and he's been in the, um, he's been in the background and then for decades you look at it and he's written so many number one thing, like songs for other like artists yeah, exactly. and bands he's, and stuff and he's a producer and he's a thing. producer and he's like, been huge in the music industry and went you know what I want a bit of spotlight myself released his own like album and songs and stuff became his own artist but that was just one of those examples of like he's been toiling away in the background and then as soon as he's like big, you're like, oh, I've not, I've not heard of him before. Google and him. You Google him and just a huge list of work comes up. It's the uh, female equivalent, obviously, Sia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Um, her Twitter is amazing because she still works as a songwriter. She's been a songwriter for decades and she's wrote some of like, the biggest hits in like um, pop history. 
she's just that she's just good at doing that. Yeah. And on her Twitter every now and again, she's like, oh, just wrote another number one hit some tween pop style you've never fucking heard of. <laughs> Expect to hear it on the radio in two years. Just shit like she knows. She just writes a song and that's a number one. Yeah. That's a number one hit and just pass it off to a record label. Mm-hmm. And they'll just like give it to fucking it's really Cyrus like, or something. Yeah, it's, it's just really disheartening to know that like people write music knowing whether it's going to be number one or not. Because they know they've written it to be as generic as possible. Yeah, because they know it's just meant to be like as crowd-pleasing and catchy as can be. Whereas like, obviously like music you want to listen to should be like uh, like emotional and people putting like actual toil and work yeah. into it. But at the same time, and, there's nothing wrong with listening to a banger. Oh no, exactly. Um, it's really good with Sia though because um, she's worked so long behind the scenes that she just doesn't give a fuck, mm. and she doesn't care about being famous, which is why she famously wears like the big hair over her face. Yeah, off. she yeah. sings her, vo- her back to the audience, and um, she is the one who made me aware of this industry tactic that I am, um, I adore, I love it. And it's um, it's colloquially known as, or it's popular as, write a third, uh, write a word, get a third. Okay. And what, what this means is, and the example that is used is Taylor Swift's "Shake It Off," mm. which I believe she had a writing credit on. Oh, it's a Sia did. It's no, it's um, Taylor Swift does. Oh, Taylor it's, Swift it's does. A, oh, it's okay. a similar song. Where it's one of these just poppy songs that supposedly or ostensibly the person singing it helped write it. And yeah, what happens yeah. is they'll get in someone like Sia, a seasoned songwriter, to write a song. Mm. They'll bring in a producer who punches it up a little bit to make it fit in line with the singer. And then the singer will walk into the studio and suggest a single word change. Oh, okay. And now, because they've written a word, they get a writing credit. So they yeah. get credited, as a th- which means they can now you know, market themselves as a singer-songwriter. Yeah, even though all technically they've changed an element of the song, yeah. even if it's just one word. And, then, and now they get a third of the writing credit. And what happens there, I think the shake it off example is used. I think it was something, it wasn't shake it off. It's one of those words. Like shake it off or something, something like that. Like, yeah, and they yeah. change it to off. Yeah. And because she suggested that, she gets it right. I don't know if that's the song that's used. But yeah, obviously, but that's just... Um, the example that's listed of that. You take this song, if you change one word in this, you now have a third of the writing credit because you helped write the song. Even though it can be the most token, trivial like um, addition to the song. I mean, I guess that's like probably like pro- proliferated through like Hollywood anyway with like a lot of like people getting like writing and producing credits for having absolutely minimal effort Stanley yeah executive producer yeah, yeah. on every Marvel movie exactly but has almost no say in what happens but it's just like he gets a executive producer credit I've been watching um, the think, US yeah. office recently yeah with Stanley it's mostly ceremonial well, oh they, yeah they did it so his name will be on every single one yeah um, but yeah, I've been watching like US Office and Steve Carell. Always uh, no, no, like Steve Merchant and Ricky Gervais because they invented the English Office, which it riffs off. And they serve as... It has to be them as executive uh, producers throughout the entire thing. Even though they don't actually offer much input. Yeah, yeah. Maybe certain things, especially when you make its own thing. I do like, though, um, something I found out about The Office in regards to, like, Joe Toby, mm-hmm. the guy who plays him, I forget his name, but he was one of the writers on the show. Oh, right, okay. Do you know the reason his character is so often left out of storylines or disappears for long amounts of time? Go on. Because he was writing the show and he was busy. Oh, really? So when he's off writing the show or like punching up the script for the next episode, he can't be on set. Yeah, So yeah. that's why they made up loads of excuses why everyone hates him. So he's got excuses to not be to on set. To just sit in the corner yeah. and never be on screen. Yeah, yeah, or he can just like sit in the background of a shot 
Yeah, yeah. And they, oh, they can bring you standing in and just sit there like, in the chair. Or you can just like walk into the meeting and then just get told, oh, go yeah. away, Toby. We yeah. don't like it. Because they needed him offset to like, you know, supervisor scripts. He was yeah. one of the writers. And I think that's hilarious. That is really good. But he was writing the lines that were insulting himself. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, oh, I mean, it, as long as he's, you know, fully okay with it and it's not like the self-hatred room. Well, he's a comedian. But yeah, all, exactly. all comedians, all comedy is self-depreciating. If it's not, yeah. it's not very good. Well, exactly. You've always got the ability to laugh at yourself. Like yeah. we were saying with the, uh, the the drink at the bar earlier. Like, if you just laugh that off, you don't have to walk away. You just tell yourself, oh, what a dickhead I am. Yeah, Get another God, drink. What, what an idiot, eh? Yeah. Well, let's have a drink and forget about it. But if you, the moment you make a big deal out of it. The moment you move to another hostel, <laughs> it becomes a story for a podcast. Yeah. It's what, five, six years later at this point as well. That, that's yeah. when I mean, you started university. That's second year uni. So that'll be like eight, nine years ago now. So that's almost like, a decade. That's the thing. If he just got another drink and laughed it off, you would have never remembered that. No, I'd remember maybe the guy because yeah, of his obsession yeah. with the specific. But you'd have bag. never remembered that he dropped a drink. No, yeah, but the details of that story are so absurd that they stick out in your head. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just a, a big fan of moments like that in life, where someone making a big deal of something makes it a bigger deal, or that them pretending it's not a big deal is what makes it a much bigger deal. Yeah, yeah. And I can't, oh God, I can't think of any examples of that spring to mind because I want to talk more about the office, and you threw me off. I mean, let's just talk more about the office. Tell me about the office, because something that I happened on recently while researching an article about the office is the fan theory that Toby, the character, is the Scranton Strangler. Oh, yeah. You heard about this? Yeah, yeah. Because it really subtly hints at it, like, every now and then, but then I think the the writers become very self-aware of it by the end. Yeah, but there's one that before it was even a thing, where in early in one episode, Toby is seen driving a car... And then later in the thing, they say the Scranton Strangler has been cited. So we should explain that in the office TV show, there's a ongoing plot thread for about the fourth season onwards. Um, I, th- I don't know exactly when it's mentioned. I know like... Uh, it's, so it's, it's not like, in the very beginning, but it's, it's... It's a few seasons in, and there's just every now and then, like you're talking maybe once a season, an occasional mention of the Scranton Strangler. Yeah, I distinctly recall because the first time it's mentioned is when someone gives birth to a baby. Uh, yeah, Jim and Pam. When Jim and Pam give birth to their baby. He has a newspaper. He says, oh, yesterday, it's like a oh, lovely spring predicted ahead, but the baby was late, so it's now Scranton Strangler strikes again. Yes. And from that point on, there are background references every now and to this Strangler. And, they, and in one episode, Toby is driving a very specific model of shit car and then when the episode where the Scranton Strangler is caught, you're seen driving the exact same model of car. Yeah, yeah. And that's before they started making jokes about Toby being weird. And a theory is that, obviously, they mistook the car mm-hmm. for this other guy's car and he took all the blame. And yeah, it yeah. ends up like Toby... Is ends on up, the court case for the Scranton Strangler and then he's like, oh, I don't know, like, and he, and he, he might not be guilty. And he seems to as well relish in the fact that he's sending this man to prison, and he seems to love talking about the fact yeah, that yeah. he sent this man down, which is obviously typical stereo- like serial killer behaviour of gloating about the crime. Because you've got away with it. And you think you're smarter than everybody else. And I was watching, like, reading up, and it's like, it's really convincing. Yeah, it really is. And some of the stuff as well, like the way he acts around people, mm-hmm. the fact that he's so happy to just, like, you know, be the butt of the joke. Yeah. And the the idea that maybe all those jokes Michael tells about him that hates him, he goes out and kills people afterwards. So yeah, maybe, yeah, like maybe way, that's his his way of venting the just, fact that he just lives a life of being told that he's the worst by Michael. Yeah, and it's and it's one of it makes it so dark. Yeah, 
And then obviously they find out that it was him and then he tries to strangle Toby. And it completely ruins that awesome, cool little fan theory. Yeah, Where yeah. you can build up in your head and discuss it. And it's like, no, fuck it, we're just going to deconfirm it. And it actually really wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And it was this guy who we never see on camera. But the, the best thing would have been if it was just, oh, we never hear about yeah. the, the, the definitive end of it. If something it like, was, yeah. oh, he got put away and Toby was on the court case and glowed about it. And that was it. And that could have left it up in the air. And that would have let fans do what we're doing right now and like hypothesize and talk on forums. Well, if you have watched the US office, I'd recommend like going and just looking at the the fan theory anyway because it's really like, I say, interesting to read through. Yeah. And I think one that um, really convinced me, like one that I saw is there's an episode where Michael calls the cops on Toby. Like he says, oh, I plant a drug. He plants like drugs, big, big air quotes. Like he puts my. Um, yeah, he puts like grass in his um, drawer. Yeah, and they because like he, he asks the warehouse guys for weed, and they give him they give him like shit. grass or herbs or, or something. I think it's a fair salad, even something. something like that. Yeah, and they put it in his office, and they say, and when the police come in, Toby absolutely loses his shit at the idea of them searching his belongings because mm. he doesn't know they're looking for drugs. He thinks they're looking for something else. And if you go back and watch that scene and think in his head that he is a murderer, mm. his reaction becomes way more... Sinister. No, not sinister, but um, right. it's easier to explain. No, but yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, kind of the a, implication of it. Yeah, is a completely innocent man, when the police turns up, are oh, we going to search your desk? You're like, fine. I don't know what you're going to I have nothing to hide. Yeah, I don't know what yeah you're go for it. Like, yeah. Michael's being a dickhead again. Yeah, or someone's paying this is we Search it, I've got nothing. But the, the fact he is... He's like, no... No, he can't search. No one desk. is allowed to search my yeah. And then he looks relieved when he sees it's drugs. Mm-hmm. Or fake drugs. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, that's a cool thing. And then obviously the writers went, fuck it, let's deconfirm this theory. Yeah, yeah. And you should never do that. I love all those little um, fan theories. Do you have any like particular ones that you like about certain shows? Um, I mean, not put on the spot. Well, okay, <laughs> I'll, bring, I'll bring up one example while you have a quick think. And mine is that, have you ever heard the one about The Simpsons? And the one, the explanation for why Homer has so many fantastical, wonderful adventures. Um, I don't think so. Well, this is a great theory because I'm a big fan of The Simpsons. I've watched like virtually every episode up to like the eleventh, or up to like the fifteenth season. That's which I, like, mm. I dropped off because I moved out of my house and didn't have Sky TV anymore. Sad times. And there is a uh, one episode where Homer meets God. All uh, oh, right. Okay. Bonus facts about God in The Simpsons: He's the one character with five fingers. Blast. Just a little, that's a little bit of extra information <laughs> yeah, I find yeah. quite funny. And the suggestion there is that God is, you know, one of the writers. Oh, right, okay, because yeah. I even think his voice one of the writers, maybe, I think, or one of the creators are groaning or, or graining himself. But that can't, that's just something I think might be true off something I half remember oh, okay, reading an yeah. interview somewhere else. But the point is that in this conversation with God, Homer is told, um, Oh, can I find out? He asks, "Can I find out the meaning of life?" And God says, "You'll find out when you die." Mm. To which Homer replies, can't, "Oh, that's too long." And God responds, "You can't wait six months." As a joke, six months later, the episode that aired was the April Fool's episode where Bart shakes up the beer can, and it explodes and puts Homer in a coma. Oh, right, okay. And after that episode is obviously it's viewed as the, one of the, the slow decline of The Simpsons into when he starts meeting celebrities and presidents. And people think that it's all comas like her. Yeah, comas it's, a, collu- it's hallucinations within a coma. Yes, and the reason that it keeps up with pop culture while simultaneously 
uh, maintaining the Simpsons sliding time scale. Mm. Do you know, like obviously because the Simpsons they don't age, but for some yeah, reason, yeah. like Homer started a grunge, because a grunge he's... band in the nineties. Before, like, um, a good example, of this is um, a later episode establishes that Homer set like a, a Nirvana esque grunge band when oh, he was okay. a teenager, but when he was a young man, made a Beatles esque a cappella band called the B Sharps yeah, from yeah. the earlier season, which is obviously the sixties. Mm-hmm. And they explain this way by saying, "Oh, while Homer's in a coma." his family reading news stories to him. Yeah, yeah. And the reason that pop culture has kept up with it of celebrities of the day... Because it's them constantly keeping him up to date while he's in a coma. Yeah, oh, it's the TV on in the background. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's not ageing is obviously because he's got no frame of reference for what his family would look like when they're older. So his family stay the same age, but he's still interacting with this constantly changing world. Yeah, yeah. And the writers have said, that's an, I think Matt Groening said, it's an interesting theory, but it's not true. But also, you know, that was, what, seven seasons in when Maggie is still a baby. Yeah. So, like, it's not like they didn't age before that point. There was still never a point where they aged or anything like that. Yeah. But it is just like... It's, really, it's fun to think about, and as well, once you have that theory in mind... It's really a different way to, like, frame yeah. future episodes where things become a lot more farcical, and as you say, it becomes a lot more focused on, like, modern pop culture and celebrities and stuff. And you can view that as, oh, it's Homer, he's in a coma in a hospital room, we've got a TV on the background, so they know he loves TV. Because that is, like... Subconscious picking up things from TV and implanting yeah. it into his memory. And it's one way to describe why Simpsons made such a drastic, like, change in tone as well. Because, obviously, now, if you, like, watch Simpsons, there's still, like, decent jokes... But it is a lot of focus on pop culture, whereas it became it Family Guy. Yeah. Obviously, started out as like a satire on American Family and American Family shows, but like uh, over thirty seasons. It's sad, let's just point out thirty seasons of a show, which is longest ridiculous. in history. Um, it has like molded into something completely different than mm. like the original like satire of the show. The best example of that is early in the Simpsons. Obviously, it was. Very clearly, um, there's a lot of jokes about like Fox News, especially like right wing politicians mm-hmm. and teardowns of like now, uh, like obviously the GOP Republicans that way of thinking. And then later in the episode, and later in the seasons, they literally have an episode where Mr. Burns goes to a college campus, and you have like the stereotypical idea of college students that you would see in a fucking Fox News comic oh right yeah of the students being like that's offensive you're like virtual signal it's mm-hmm. it's every single buzzword you can imagine someone who watches fox news using in a comment on the daily mail yeah yeah in a simpsons thing it's like the simpsons is now early episodes of simpsons can now satirize later ep- or can now critique later episodes yeah as the opinion of the writers have got all the creators have got richer mm-hmm. and obviously more entrenched in their old well opinion. i mean um the writing team from like the original like ten seasons of Simpsons. Yeah, obviously they were in the. Tw- None of them write for the Simpsons anymore. No, but like, obviously the writing team was in that. Tw- well, the original people like fucking Conan O'Brien. Yeah, but the creative I team. I think he's there. in a better spot now. They're in their twenties and thirties. Yeah. Obviously, in your twenties and thirties, you want to like you know rebel against and obviously. Whereas now you're bringing on like probably more successful, high-profile writers in their 40s. that are better off. Like yeah, forties, fifties, later old, and obviously now the stuff that those younger writers are doing are obviously rallying against is not what they are. Yeah, yeah. And obviously comedy is a ever-changing beast. It's just interesting to see the exact same stuff The Simpsons would satirise in its early seasons. It's become that. Yeah, it has, It's yeah. been going on for so long. Because um, especially, like, celebrities in the first couple of seasons were used, like, to an effect to, like, satirise the celebrity 
or like make a comment on something whereas now it's just oh look like Lady Gaga's singing with Lisa on stage yeah. or whatever and there's no reason beyond we want to get this famous person on yeah and you can like contrast that to any other like early seasons where I think Dustin Hoffman was the first big high profile guy they had on oh okay and he's uh, Mr. Bergstrom yeah, because they used to appear as like fictional characters within the Simpsons. Uh, Dustin Hoffman want, and they. I remember early interviews of the writers. They said Dustin Hoffman wanted to be on the Simpsons, but he didn't want the credit to appear on his resume. So he said, "I'll be on it, but I refuse to appear under my own name. I want to appear under a pseudonym." And they were really pissed off at that. So you're seeking us out. You want to be on a show. Mm. You want to, you know, be associated with it, but you won't let us put your name on it. No, every person got to appear under their own name. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, the next high profile celebrity was Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. He was the one exception they made for that, where they allowed him to uh, get a voice act, uh, his singing double on for his show to trick his brothers or something like that. But every other act had to appear under their own name after that fact. So all yeah, yeah. And it's just, oh man. But have you thought of any other like weird, wild fan theories while you've been thinking? No, I've not managed to. Like, just, oh, you're just not a fan of No, I am a fan of them, but like, I'm trying to, like, you know, obviously have a discussion with a. You about the, the Simpsons and stuff, and my brain just can't can't think about that in the background. Well, I can throw another one out there because this is one that I think they should confirm, and they might be confirming because it's been a fan theory for so long, and it makes more sense than the official explanation. And that is the James Bond one. Are you familiar with this? Oh, um, so this is, if I'm not wrong, that 007 is a code name. Yes, and that James each Bond. James Bond every time they change appearance. They have died and they've brought in or an entirely all yeah. retired and brought in an entirely new agent and just called them James Bond yeah. 007. James, that is, James Bond is a code name. Yeah, it's a code. It's a code name and a mantle passed down from the most elite agents, similar like Captain Falcon. Yeah, or anything like that. And <laughs> basically, yeah, or yeah. Captain America. Yeah, but yeah, it's a mantle that's passed He's down. Passed it down to Falcon, and that's used by fans to explain why different Bonds behave in different ways and why the tone changes. Because it's not just the fact that. James Bond looks different. He acts differently. He is a completely different person, yeah. Yeah, like, obviously Personality, fight. Um, yeah, like morals, um, you know, time periods, stuff like that. All completely different throughout the different actors. And different Bonds interact with the same villain, or I think like Blofeld comes back to the back Christopher Waltz in uh, like, right, Skyfall. Okay. It's a really weird, messed up, convoluted timeline that they messed up to try and establish that, no, it's the same guy. Yeah. All these missions are done by the same guy. And I think in Skyfall, they even like go to like, Bond's ancestral home. Yeah, they the do, the Bond yeah. estate. It's like, oh man, you've ruined it now. Because now he can't confirm it's a codename. Because the idea of it being a codename is such a cool idea. But now he's gone back to like his old Bond family yeah. house, yeah. And even some of the writers for previous films have said, we really like this idea. Because it's a good way of always making sure that Bond will stay relevant forever. Because we can always... It is, but to me, it's also like a way of just lazily covering up the fact that they use actors. Like, for example, like another big British one, Doctor Who. Yeah. They have an in-universe reason for why, for why he constantly changes character and personality and actor. Because every time he regenerates, he becomes a new person and that brings with it an entirely new, like, individual personality and stuff. Yeah. Um... I much prefer something like that than just going, oh, yeah, well, it has gotten a bit ridiculous now. Oh, maybe they're all just, like, different people. 
I guess. Yeah. Because reasons. It just it's why it explains it's, why Bond was fighting people in the sixties. It still explains going now. why, but it also has no like real reason other oh, no. than oh, it's the government; they can just change his name. It just feels um, like a nice way where you, it, that way you would have a complete canon where there were no oh yeah totally and any incons- no inconsistencies any inconsistencies can be explained away by the fact that he was a previous Bond and you have stuff like in. Um, I think it's the first one Daniel Craig's. Now the second one he's in. Maybe Casino Royale or the other one. Corner uh, of Solace. Where he picks up some of the old gadgets, like the shoe knife. Oh, okay. And he, fight, and he gets into the old Aston Martin, which if he's the same James Bond as the movie's trying to suggest, he would recognise it as his Yeah, game. yeah. Because he drove it in the 60s. And it's kind of a soft reboot. And it's it's a whole mess. It is Whereas if they just messy. said it's a code name and said for sure James Bond is a code name, and they all you have to do is put up a previous picture of... Sean Connery. Yeah. Just yeah. say, here's the previous Bond. He's living up here in Scotland under an assumed name. Mm-hmm. Do that. And you could have, that way you could have like, you could open the door for cameos. Oh yeah, totally. Like, you could then have multiple Bonds in one film you and stuff have, like that. And also, you can have Black Bond. You could get Idris Elba Bond. Or yeah, you could. Black Female Bond was apparently coming. They've confirmed, oh, okay. or half confirmed, or it was an article that was a lie, but everyone rolled with whether it was yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. Black Female Bond. Oh, so we're, cool. we're getting Jane Bond. Yeah. Um, which only makes sense if it's a code name, which is why exactly, I think yeah. that it might be being confirmed officially for the first time. It's but always been I a, also really like the idea that this one, one guy. guy has done all of this shit. He's like saved the world 24 different times and just like been the most baller person. Like I, mean, I, I we've been 50 nin- years as well. It'd yeah. be in his 90s, wouldn't it? Like, look oh, how old yeah, Sean, the first yeah. one was like, what, 60? Yeah, look how old Sean Connery is. He'd be as old as Sean Connery, but he looks like Daniel Craig. Yeah. Like, this is like the yeah, most man. talented, effective killer in the universe. I, I like that theory. No, like... I'm a, I'm a really big fan, and I want to I'd be a it. fan of the theory if there was like a bit more grounding to it, like a bit more weight behind it, other than just being like, oh, it's the government that could change his name. Like, the, there's no real... Like, when we were talking about the Scranton Strangler, there's no real background as to why, other than just it explains things away. Yeah, this one does as well. It explains why uh, there's one film where James Bond's wife dies. Like, he gets married and his wife dies, but, yeah, in the, yeah. but in the next film he's played by a different actor, and he doesn't seem to give a shit. Yeah. And either the explanation there is Bond stopped caring, or Bond retired due to grief, and they brought in a new James but, Bond who doesn't give a fuck it's not his wife. Yeah. But, however, that's just, like, explaining away, you know, changing in personality, whereas, like, Scranton and Strangle is something you can go, oh, but they have the same car. Yeah. So there's things like, oh, with the Homer one where God hinted, like, in six months' time, he'll find out the, the meaning of life. Whereas this is just, a oh, let's write away some inconsistencies because it, we're fans. There are little things where, as well, you can look at, like I said, like, James Bond changing personality, and it allows you to look at these films as one continuous canon, as opposed to like this messy floating time, like the Simpsons, it's a, a floating timeline where not, the longer it goes on, the less it makes sense that it's the same. Yeah, guy. yeah, of course. And you have to either like do soft reboots, whereas with that, you could just have one straight canon straight from the 60s and every single story happened exactly as it's portrayed in those films. Yeah, yeah. And they saved the world and all the actors, and that way you could like replace Bond. Because they replaced Bond, but they didn't replace Q, I think, did they? Did Q stay the same throughout films? Um. He was played by was it John Cleese that played him in a few? Yeah, he played, and he like overlapped different yeah, bonds. He played Q's assistant in one film, and then the next film he was Q. Or oh, okay, maybe I don't know. 
But I've got a few. It might have been that he was like Pierce Brosnan's Q, and then oh, then the actor, first yeah, Daniel was, yeah. Craig one or something. No, I think it was he was Pierce Brosnan's not Q. He was his assistant, and the actual play Q died, and then he played Pierce Brosnan's Q. Oh, okay, yeah, I think that's what it was. But because um, Q was a code name, yeah, and it makes sense that James Bond would be as well. Money Penny, yeah, yeah, because it and, makes um, sense with the spy, like the spy theme of why has everyone got a code name that sets him? Like, why does a spy introduce himself by or, his own real obviously, name? Obviously. The code name is 007. Yeah. But why is it? like Alex, something, Alex, I can't remember the last name in like Goldeneye, is 006, but then he's like, oh, you're the 006. Like, oh, yeah. I just think it, it makes sense because that means it sounds so stupid when the most high tech, like the, the top agent in the MI6, a guy who's like legend in the industry and shrouded in mystery. Is operating under his own fucking family name, a name that they could Google search and find out where he lives. Like they it, go to his it's house. It's very weird because they like, go to his fucking house and just shoot him. Like as well, um, it does make him sound incompetent. Because as you say, like there are villains that have heard of James Bond and they never like, thought to Google his name. Yeah, why would you not just track him down and go to like the James Bond estate in Scotland and just wait <laughs> in his house and shoot him, or go meet his groundskeeper who's like really gruff and scary. Yeah, I, I love that one. That's a, a fan thing that I've wanted to do. Yeah. And it's one that fans have wanted for years. And it's one um, that... The, the one thing that I like would enjoy is, as you say, excuse to put someone like Idris Elba or a, a female... Change the race off. And then have previous... Not, not, bring Pierce Boston back. Not even just for the sake of like changing the race or sex of James Bond. Just because then you don't have the limitation that James Bond has to be a white male. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Then you like, get... just... Make it whatever actor is good for the role. Like Idris Elba. Yeah. Put Idris Elba. Be great. Have you, I like the one where someone said, I want Idris Elba to be Bond because he James, he doesn't want to be James Bond, but there was like a big fan campaign about it. Yeah. And there's this thing, we need to make him James Bond because I want to force a 45-year-old man to learn parkour. Because <laughs> then he's got to learn parkour even though he don't want to be James fucking Bond. He's like, oh man, now I've got to be James Bond. I fucking hate this shit. Something I didn't know about, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that happens when you play James Bond. Oh, okay. Like, um, if you play him, because obviously the character's so iconic, mm-hmm. and to the point where they have a massive list of things you are not allowed to do after playing James Bond. Because they are... Like, as just a normal human... Like as a, Daniel as a, Craig, no. when he's retired from Bond. Yep, as an actor. As an actor. For, the one thing they have is, once you have played James Bond, you are not allowed to appear... In a movie, in uh, in any sen- in any role in a movie in any capacity, wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> no, this is a real thing. Because then people James, can, like take screenshots yeah. from. No, it's because then they can. They don't want people like say, do you know, like when Liam Neeson was in Taken. Yeah, sure. And then he appeared in like five other movies as gruff, badass old man. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, they're not. He's not playing the same character, but he's very obviously aping from the obviously the character played in that film, and they relied on that in the advertising and the you know the uh, an attempt to get audience to go watch it. Like the most egregious example being like The Grey, which yeah, was yeah, advertised yeah. as Taken with Wolves, yeah, and ends up with him like dying in the first five minutes or some shit like that. Or yeah, he, there's no wolf punching action, even though the trailer suggests. Yeah, it. yeah. So in a similar vein, when you play James Bond, you are not allowed to appear in a movie wearing a tuxedo because only James Bond wears a tuxedo. And, oh, wow. P- and Piers Brosnan was told this because this is the reason we know about it. He appeared in some shitty movie 
um, after he'd been James Bond where they wanted him to wear a tuxedo mm. and he told them I can't what do you mean I can't I signed a, an agreement with whoever owns the rights to James Bond that I'll not appear in a movie wearing one yeah yeah and they were like that's not true and they looked it up <laughs> and they called up the company and went "Can we want Pierce Brosnan to wear a tuxedo and they went, no he can't we will sue you if you put him in your movie in a tuxedo I mean if they have the contract they yeah, place them fair enough he signed it you know yeah and then, we will sue the fuck out of you and they got what they did is um, they undo the, bu- uh, the bow tie oh okay and they undo the buttons so it's a relaxed tuxedo and that's how he gets around it but yeah if you if you play James Bond you are not allowed to wear a tuxedo in any wow, movie that is ridiculous because obviously they only want every picture of you like if you search Pierce Brosnan in a tuxedo it's James Bond yeah, yeah, and I just think that's hilarious—the fact that they think the role is so iconic, you can't do that. And then they then came up with a uh, that a role, role is so iconic that if you Google James Bond, there's like twenty different actors. Yeah, but you come up and they're all wearing the tuxedo. Yeah, they're all drinking a martini, shaking not stirred, which I think is hilarious. When they did it for, I think it's Skyfall. Also, they... who, shares, who like stares a martini doesn't shake it? Just a question. You no, know, stirring a martini. There's. I think I've I've done it. I have done a course on gin. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm asking you of all people. There is a prevailing th- the, the what people say is you don't you stir a martini instead of shaking it because stir is shaking it bruises the gin, which is not a thing that can happen. It is a term that smarmy bartenders use as an excuse because shaking it is a very ungentlemanly thing. It's a very aggressive act. And if you're in a really high class club. Mm. people would complain it's like if you say I want a gin martini and you start shaking it and you're making lots of noise that's very distracting it's not like it's not very becoming of a very high class quiet establishment so what bartenders did is they started this rumour that stirring it is the proper way to make a gin martini yeah yeah. and they said made up this bullshit of bruising the gin which is not a thing that can happen and there are scientific studies where they said you can't taste the difference but visually uh, if you stir a gin, because that way you don't get a lot more ice particles in it. Yeah, yeah. Because then you it comes out perfectly clear. And you get a perfectly clear martini, which is what Bond mm. drinks. But he asked for shaking, Exactly, not yeah. So the irony there is that the martinis they serve to Bond for, you know, the glamour shots are stirred. Oh, okay, But the person yeah. shakes it. Because shaking is seen as um, a less gentleman, gentlemanly way of doing it. Because what you're doing is you're forcing the ice to shatter... And, yeah, melt, and yeah. melt quicker to obviously make the martini faster mm-hmm. which it seems like it's not it's very ungentle you wait for your drink the drink arrives when it's ready oh right okay so yeah. it's one of those things and to be fair it does cause a fucking racket it does yeah and then yeah. the idea is if you're in a really high class high end establishment you order a cocktail and the, all you hear for five like minutes is yeah it's the whole no, point the whole well. point of like service at that level is seen and not heard yeah, yeah. it should be the bartender walks up what does it have sir a, a, a martini and then like five minutes later a immaculate martini slid across the table yeah it just appears in front of without any yeah. acknowledgement that it was there yeah and it's one of, it's similar to uh, the reason you put lime in Corona yeah, yeah obviously like yeah the lime in Corona was similarly started by bartenders uh, specifically one bartender who I forget the name of who had a bet with somebody he was a New York based bartender who bet a friend of his down in San Francisco or some city about many miles away. Yeah. Says, I'll, I'll bet you that I can start a trend. Because New York, he said, it's the centre of bartending. Yeah. Whatever sure. we do here spreads to you like down there. And the guy they believe is, I'll tell you what, I will start a trend here. And if it ends up down in your bar by the end of a year, you've got to pay me so much money. Oh, okay. And what he did is, it was Corona 
or one of those like beers from Me- Mexican beers. And yeah, yeah. He started putting a wedge of lime in it, and he told people, "Oh, this is how they serve it in Mexico." Oh, right. Okay. And he put the wedge of lime in, and within a couple of months, the wedge of lime was everywhere because, like, obviously, he works in an exclusive bar. Yeah. Other bars yeah. ate it, and then once it was ate there, people would go to other bars and then ask for the, the wedge, the of, wedge lime. of lime. They'd yeah. assume it was what's done. And the reason we know is because if you go to Mexico and ask for a Corona or a Desperado or any of those like beers that are, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think no Desperado isn't from Mexico but like Corona definitely is. Uh, they will not put lime in it, and the official company line is we do not put lime in our beer. We don't know why people do this, which is why in movies that I sponsor, like Fast and Furious, they never put lime in it because that's not the official way the yeah, company yeah. thinks you should drink the drink. Although it just so happens that lime does complement the taste. It does, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was again started by a bartender who just wanted to like you know to do something. Oh, that's fair enough. And I think that's hilarious that and now everyone assumes it's what you do. I mean, until this point, I'd always just assumed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a bartender did it for a bet. You learned something today, haven't you? I have. Yeah, learned a lot about beer. <laughs> Anything else you're going to while drinking cider? But you know what? I don't do my research. No. I don't. I don't write. I just, I just rip swap in. But to be fair, for all I know, that could have been made up. <laughs> <laughs> I could, it could be really meta, and I'm also making something up. <laughs> But to my knowledge, I've done a lot of research on Corona. I have to write an article about it. I'm going to go and tell like five of my friends yeah. this lie about Corona. And, and then, then it spreads. The lie spreads completely. Yeah. It's because I was... I, we can end on this, because I did an article once about... Uh, there is a, a persistent rumour in the United States that uh, people in Mexico, like in the bottling plants, piss in the brewery tanks of Corona. Oh, okay, yeah. And this was actually started by Heineken, or a, distrib- <laughs> a distributor for Heineken at least who noticed that um, domestic beer sales and sales of European beers were dropping mm. because Corona was flooding into me- like from Mexico. So it's a lot easier to get. It's, oh, okay, it's, yeah. it's just across the border. You can drive it over in trucks. Yeah. They can make it in mass quantities. They've got all the ingredients. There. It's very cheap. It's obviously it's very drinkable. It was very popular with like younger people at the time. Mm. Um, one bottle I got so pissed off that he just went, oh, uh, you do know that. like They piss in Corona. And then said it in like an article. Yeah, yeah. And then it spread. And then it was so damaging to the brand, like sales of Corona and all Mexican beer dropped by like 25%. Oh my God. And they filed like a class action lawsuit, or like a big lawsuit to find yeah, out who did it. And ran the guy out of business when he admitted, oh, I lied. I just made it up because I was yeah, sick yeah. of losing sales to his beer. I didn't want to compete properly, so I just told everyone that <laughs> Corona has piss in it. Yeah. And even to this day, you will find people who say that Corona has piss in it. Fun fact though, Foster's does have piss. Yeah, in it. Foster's tastes like it has piss in it, <laughs> and so does Heineken, which oddly enough is the beer of choice for James Bond because that's who paid. Um, that's who sponsored it from, like Casino Royale mods. Yeah, and that's why James Bond doesn't order a vodka martini by name in that film. Oh right, okay. Because he just has it. He has one, but he doesn't ever say the line like "I'll have a martini shaken or stirred." Under the rules of the deal they signed, they were not allowed to the legally only mention drink they would name as Heineken. Yeah, they're legally not allowed to mention any other alcoholic product. They can have them on set, but they can't have him. But they have Bond mention them. Yeah, and I'd imagine as well they can't have any of the labels. No, I think they have like Belvedere Vodka also had a deal, but they signed the one for like it was advertising deal, but not to be in the film. It's, oh, it's right, this okay, weird yeah. thing, but. I just find that hilarious. It is very egregious when you watch the Daniel Craig ones and he suddenly goes from exclusively drinking martinis to branded Heineken bottles like everywhere. It is though um, thematically appropriate. The exact because in that film, James Bond's life falls apart, <laughs> and it's quite thematically appropriate that the moment his life falls apart and he, he stops giving a shit, he starts drinking Heineken. <laughs> and I think 
That's not probably the look that Heineken wants. Oh, James Bond's drinking. Look how cool and exclusive it is. And they don't realise, no, he's drinking it at literally the, the lowest moment of his life where he doesn't care if he's going to die. <laughs> That's not the message you want to give. And that is very funny to me. That someone at Heineken probably thought, yeah. Yeah. We've we got snagged James Bond. We've got James Bond on this shit. We paid 25 million fucking dollars to have James Bond aggressively slurp down our beer. <laughs> and speaking of which, we need to go get more. But we I'm do, looking yeah. now and we've got an hour, 47 minutes. Is there anything that you would like to say in closing? In our like um, long meandering discussion we've had today about various. Don't drink Heineken. Don't, uh, oh yeah, never drink Heineken, kids. I always drink what's no. cheapest, and even when Heineken's cheaper, don't drink that. Because <laughs> Heine- the cheapest Heineken. I, I don't drink it out of principle because I don't like that they sponsor James Bond. I mean, I did see a beer map of the UK, and every single one was just piss water. And yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, don't. I don't drink it because I hate how they tried. I wouldn't mind if they sponsored the James Bond thing, but I hated how they were so smarmy and so just like no he's not allowed to drink anything else yeah is this the most iconic character like one of the most iconic British characters ever created and you're like his, his iconic drink you told him just like pissily went no he can't have that yeah he only like to drink Heineken so. even though it's probably the most famous James Bond line yeah so I told him fuck you yeah so I don't drink Heineken on principle just for that <laughs> is there anything like okay if we can end on that is there anything petty that you'd like a product that you pettily avoid or deliberately boycott for a stupid reason like that. Because for me, it's that and all you ever think, Heinz baked beans. Oh, okay. And this probably sounds like sacrilegious, considering yeah. how much I love beans. And you know why it is? It's because Heinz baked beans changed the recipe for their beans. Right. To put reduced salt and sugar in their beans. Which is fine for health reasons, obviously. Okay. They're healthier, but... What they did is they then very quietly changed the recipe to make the all the beans the low sugar, low salt variety, which, oh, which right. has the thinner sauce. Yeah, so when you yeah. put it on toast, makes your toast go soggy. <laughs> Fuck soggy toast. So I refuse to buy it now because they don't. They changed the recipe without announcing it, and that pisses me off. Because I remember buying like a four pack of Heinz beans and I had beans on toast, and my toast was all soggy. And, oh, maybe I just like you know didn't cook them long enough. Next batch, soggy toast. Oh, Third no. batch, soggy toast. You know what? No, I'll have them on. I'll have some waffles, chi- I'll have some waffles fish cakes and beans. Put it on, soggy waffles. No. Yeah. No one wants soggy waffles. Fuck you, Heinz. I mean, I guess not a product, but one one thing that I avoid at all costs now is um, any like Disney remake. Oh, on okay. On the sole premise. They are pointless. They do not deserve no, to No, no, no. Like, that, that, that is true. But I, I saw a couple. I never like had a, a. I was like, oh, they're not as good, I guess. I was a bit disappointed by some. Yeah. Then they replaced Robin Williams. Oh, you went. And no. I went, nope, can't be done. Never watching a Disney remake ever again. Oh. As like Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin is the most perfect piece of casting ever done. Like ever. And they went, you know what? Will we Smith. can replace him with Will Smith. And I don't mind Will Smith. It's nice he's a fine actor. He's fine. He's fine, but he's, he's not, not Robin Williams. Williams. Oh, did you see the thing as well um, over this weekend that it's, during its domestic run, The Lion King made like $1.1 billion. It made more than the original. Yeah, it made more than the original and it made more than Into the Spider-Verse. And someone just put a tweet out saying, oh man, never let, let this be a lesson to your kids. Like, never let your dreams die because you can work hard and be passionate about a project and create something, a labour of love that is a, a send-up to what you're referencing and 
like you know, it just showcases nothing but the utmost respect for the things that it's based on, and gets steamrolled by a cynical cash grab. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so fucking true and brutal. It's like uh... so much effort. Have you seen like the making of that movie? Where there's so much behind the scenes oh, detail. Spider Verse. Yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. much behind the scenes. There's a. I like follow a couple of the animators on Twitter and stuff like that, and just the things that they've put out. Like a little example that just brings out is um, a scene where Spider Man's swinging. He is um, animated on twos, which is animation speak for every second frame he moves on. That's the entire film. No, it's not for, for the scene where he's moving, for his web swing in there, Joey. Web swings with old Spider Man. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. So. Spy- old Miles Spider-Man. Morales. Spider-Man is done on like twos. I think he's done on like a slower speed than yeah, twos. Yeah, it's, it's every, but every other frame because I think they animate it in every other frame to make it look comic booky anyway. Oh, okay, so it's yeah. But then I think Miles Morales is like every like three or four frames or something he makes like a pronounced animation change to make him look more sloppy than Peter Parker, who's obviously like Spider-Man like, Ace, like Spider-Man. And throughout that scene, as they go along. Miles Morales starts uh, when they get start swinging in sync. Then Miles is animated on the same every the same frame. They move on the scale, same frame yeah. as a subtle indica- a visual indication that you don't notice consciously, but in your mind, he goes from like sloppy and like a bit slower and obviously like jumpy and stuff to in his animations to as smooth as Peter yeah, Parker to does moving over the scene where Peter Parker teaches him properly how to swing. move perfectly in sync with speed, to showcase the fact that he's becoming he's becoming Spider-Man yep and it's, you think oh man that's so good and then he just no fuck it we're just gonna re, we're just gonna remake we're just gonna Lion take King. the emotion out of life. shot for shot the exact same film take out the best song and then just fucking re-release it but then bring back James Earl Jones yeah, you know, get James Earl Jones like blow all the like dust off his coffin, like, get, his, oh, get his get his skeleton out and just make it sit in front of a microphone for half an hour and just drive money up to his family's house. Oh god, fucking hell! I love how as well every time they do that, even for the stage show they're bringing back. Oh really? Yeah, the stage show, which obviously by all accounts is fantastic, and I still contend that I would have watched the Lion King live action remake if it was every actor who they cast dressed as the character. Just to confirm, my, my girlfriend used to work in a theatre and there were seats for The Lion King that were shown where it had the caveat of during the scene where Simba gets lifted up on Pride Rock, you won't be able to see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's actually lifting you up so high? Because they do it like in like a separate part of the stage up top. Oh, and if you're not... if you're, and if like... you're in like the front somewhere, like you can't actually see it happen. Oh, that's so good. They had to put like a, a note on the price of the tickets being so low because you couldn't see Simba get lifted. But we're saying that you see the entire thing anyway. The rest you're fine for, yeah. But they have to put because obviously that's the poem you want to like you want to see. But that that like literal cover shot for the, the Lion King, you won't be able to see happen. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, they do bring James Earl Jones back for the um, when they ever they put on Broadway. Obviously, because I think it's constantly on Broadway, but occasionally what they do is like they bring it like bigger names. They have tours, yeah. And they'll say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to get out the big guns. Yeah. And they'll get James Earl Jones out to do the, the voiceovers. Or they'll even come out dressed as Mufasa <laughs> every now and again. And I say that that live action film would have been better if they literally just got Beyonce and, and Donald, Donald Glover dressed them as lions yeah. and put them and just acted out the film because that was shot. something that we like just joked about in the pub 
and then instantly thought about it in our heads and went, that, you know what, that would be a much better film. That would be to amazing. That would be Beyonce. Beyonce just walking around in a cat costume. Yeah, like, yeah. Dressed like a lion. Yeah. And bringing James Earl Jones like, in his wheelchair as a fucking lion. <laughs> just on Pride Rock. Put him in the sky. Oh, man. Speaking of a wheelchair, one last thing I want to mention. So I uh, wrote an article about Doom recently. And up until they released like an update that showed what Doom guy looked like, uh, do you know there was a fan theory, to bring it back to that, that Doom guy was actually a paraplegic in a rocket-powered wheelchair. Oh, because he just like slides <laughs> everywhere. He, goes, he just glides around at supersonic speed. Because he goes so fast. So there was a fan theory that he was in a wheelchair that was powered by rockets. And he just slid around at oh, 100 miles an hour. And that's why obviously he never moves his gun up and down because he just locks in front yeah. of him. And I thought it was very funny. I think it's a very uh, it's a good thing to end on. Yeah, it is. Is there anything you would like to plug for the lovely people at home, Monsieur Lucas? Uh, as always, my YouTube channel. Or, uh, I am Legend of Canto on YouTube. Look at that legendary Canto. Go yeah, for it. we've um, she's got like let's plays going up every single Thursday and occasional like, videos in between when I get some time and stuff. So uh, the one that's going up, I believe, with this podcast will be Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Go again. watch it. It's so fun. I am such. I am the most annoying person to watch play that game. Enjoy. Um, and I'll have to find some time to edit that while. I don't know, like when you go home or something. <laughs> we'll I don't know. Carl's currently here recording some more stuff. Yeah, we need to, we're going to do Falcon Fridays until we'll like tomorrow, which is the Wednesday. Yeah. And then I'm working at, at good old Nando's. And then uh, Thursday's when the video goes up. So I'll find some time together. Well, for me, goes. I'm just going to say, go to my channel because Falcon Fridays will return. Because the oh, reason yeah, we go will. out to get more beer is to get drunk, to play Smash Bros, to play Captain Falcon Mirror matches for an hour. God, so, yes, more Falcon Fridays. So good luck Let's make this happen. So thank you for listening, and as always, enjoy the rest of your week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.